Welcome to Space Nerds, your source for intergalactic science fiction and science fact. Engines primed, engage! Hey, hey, this is Alexandria. I'm Jane Smith. And I'm Douglas Gale. And I will be bringing you Space News, Star Trek, Duck Space Nine, Firefly, Black Mirror, and probably superhero stuff. Dystopian fiction! Who's excited? I'm Jesse Mercury, and I'll be your constant cosmic companion, bringing you the weekly space news and sitting down with these amazing friends to talk about science fiction. We are Space Nerds! What's up, Space Nerds? Welcome to the show. Alexandria is here. I am here. I am present and accounted for. Present and accounted for. Both. So, <laughs> we've got a great show. We've got some space news. We've got Jane back. We're talking about Firefly, my favorite episode, Out of Gas. Yeah, exactly. Gasp. <laughs> but before we do that, we have very exciting news. We now have a Patreon for the Space Nerds podcast. Patreon! <laughs> so I asked Alexandria to, to come help me explain because, what's going on. Because I'm going to interject a lot, clearly. We have this new Patreon campaign with four different levels if you want to sign up and support us. So I wanted to, to talk about this and kind of go through it and see what talk you think. Talk about the levels. L- the levels. The first level is stargazer <laughs> that's actually really good that's not what it is but you're i like just it. looking at you're looking at the sky oh that's really and good. we're thankful for you that's really good <laughs> i like it um i'm gonna know you it. have more no you have more creative names i just well okay. i was trying to remember one is ensign but i couldn't remember you're close you're right you're right i one know that ensign. one and then yeah. one is like com- not commander cadet. well commander cadet. yeah oh it's, commander is one it's basically it's like it's you know ranks like if you're in star yeah, yeah. trek Totes. so the <laughs> Basically, uh, you can join the Space Nerds crew on Patreon. Yes, you can be one of the Space Nerds. And the basic the basic level is $1 a month, and it is called Space Nerds Cadet. Cadet. You get a shout-out on the show, and you get to officially join the Space Nerds crew. Dope. Uh, so the next level is Space Nerds Ensign. Ensign! And in this level, you get the premium podcast. Yeah! So we're going to put these out at least once a month and we're going to have the lost hunger games podcast yes which was so exciting and listening to it it was so good i love it it's so good yeah it was the second time you ever came over to record a podcast with me yep the first was men in black yes and after men in black was right around the time when i had decided to relaunch the podcast under a different name and yep. i just knew that i had to have you as a part of it oh <laughs> look at that and then we were besties forever exactly but anyway so we recorded this hunger games podcast and then my computer crashed and i lost it and it was devastating um, that was a sad oh. oh it was so hard that was andy's birthday that's right. It was Andy's birthday. It was Andy's birthday. And because we recorded, it froze, it crashed. Yeah. And then we went to Andy's birthday dinner. And it was just like. We were both just a oh, little like. Just like bummed down. out, man. Yeah. Well, anyway, I found this podcast. I thought that it was lost forever, but I found it. Uh, it was in this backup folder that yeah. I didn't even know existed. Yeah. I, I didn't know that this software that I switched Way to, go, to does that. And it was really exciting. Way to go software. Way to go software. Uh, and then I'm like, well, okay, well now I really need to start a premium podcast because I have all these extra recordings. I can't fit them on the regular show because we're now like covering so much on the Space Nerds podcast yeah. that I now, I put out an extra episode last week to cover Picard and I think I'm going to do it again this week also. Yeah. Um, we might actually be having two episodes come out a week while Picard is on the air. Okay. And we just can't fit in more. So We already talked about this offline but I want people to hear how excited you were for oh lord Jesus Patrick Stewart? Patrick Stewart. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay, so, so it was like that or like 
Ian, Ian something or some. For oh, some Ian reason. McKellen. Okay, great. So that's the person. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I didn't. For some reason, Ian. Well, was they're really out. good friends. Oh, good. And, you and can, they're both British. And Ian's still alive, right? Yeah, and okay. they're adorable together when they hang out. Wonderful. So, but Patrick Stewart <laughs> went on the View and made yes. made an offer to Whoopi Goldberg, so Whoopi Goldberg and we yes. talked about that yeah. offline, which was lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and we actually talked about that a little bit on the the bonus podcast last week. Yeah. The. Well, I don't even know what to call it. The Picard podcast. The Picard. Yeah. I wanted to have space news on every episode of this podcast, but if we're putting out two a week, I can't. There's it's just no too much. Anyway. But now I have all these extras, uh, and then I have some extra Doug Space Nine stuff, and I'm like, okay, let's do this. Let's start a Patreon for Space Nerds and have a premium podcast. So that is happening, and uh, we are launching it officially this week with three bonus episodes to get Oop. you started y'all are gonna be set up yes it's gonna come out at least and y'all want to hear that hunger games one it was a really good discussion it was a really good discussion we were really devastated when we thought we had lost it. yeah it's got an awkward ending because it just ends, it just ends. yeah because it just crashed it just but there's a lot of stuff coming on the premium podcast it's called yeah. the space nerds patron cast yes yes very excited the next level is the space nerds lieutenant lieutenant and this is ten dollars a month you got any kernels I have no kernels. Okay, I just wanted no. to see if that was up in there. Okay. All, Stargate has kernels, but Star Trek does not. Ah. Very interesting. Hmm. Um, anyway, so Space Nerds Lieutenant, uh, you get all the previous rewards plus access to my old premium podcast. It was called the Sci-Fi Project Podcast, and there are 37 episodes of Woo! it. So all sorts of content. That's a great number, my favorite number. 37? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a famous number from Kevin Smith movies. Wonderful. Yeah. You don't know. No. No. If you want to check out the Space Nerds Patreon, you can read descriptions of all of those episodes to see if it's something that you're into. Nope. And then the last level, the last rank is Space Nerds Commander. (laughs) It's 15 bucks a month and you get all the previous rewards. Plus you get um, basically recognition. Like a producing credit. Yeah. We're going to mention your name in every episode of the Space Nerds podcast. If you sign up for 15 bucks a month. We will give you some hype credit in every episode, as long as you are a patron. Hype cred slash street cred. (laughs) Space cred. Space cred. That's it. All the space cred. So yeah, nice and easy, nice and simple. Dope. Um, The rewards are extra content or just credit. That's it. So I feel good about it. I've put a lot of time and thought into putting this together. Um, The first goal that we're trying to reach is 15 bucks a month to pay for web hosting yeah i am paying 15 bucks a month to host this podcast i would love to spread that out amongst the listeners of the podcast that's that's what we're going for first if we hit that goal then huzzah we'll have more goals coming indeed (laughs) yeah the next goal involves getting alexandria paid for her gas money because she lives far away that'd be lovely yes i'm not saying like i'm doing this like pay me right like y'all no one's saying that that. like we're doing this for free anyway yeah 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 but it'd be it'd be lovely you know what i mean like i think it'd just be a lovely little icing on the cake and if the patrons want to you know support and let the grassroots be the grassroots that'd be dope is there there like a space version of grassroots uh space roots mars soil like i don't know (laughs) Um, we'll let the Hyrule herb grow. Hyrule. Oh, Hyrule <laughs> Alexandria herb. calls it Hyrule. Hyrule. Which is fancier. Just because I said it wrong the very first time, and it has to be that now. I love it. It's better. Um, Speaking yeah, so, of, I've been crushing Link's Awakening. Oh, yeah? Like, crushing it. I need to get back to that. I only played it's it once. It's also very hard. <laughs> I can't wait. Again, a hard... I, I realize that I don't mind being beaten and like having my lives run out yeah. i just don't like 
the scary pop-ups. So I don't know right. if I can do Breath of the Wild because it's so... Well, you've played so much Breath of the... You're so deep in Breath of the I'm Wild. I'm 200 hours in. You're 200 hours in. You can't say that you, you're you not like... you. I don't know if I can do it because you've done no, it. No, it's scowy though. It's scowy. Well, I mean, you've already... You, but these little lovely animated <laughs> monsters in Link's Awakening are so much yeah. kinder to look at. You would not like Warframe. Moblins are not fun to look at. Yeah. Well, the worst is when you wear the Moblin mask and then they're like friendly with you and then you have to kill them. It's like, oh shit. Uh, it feels dirty. That's exactly what I do. <laughs> anyway. Sign up, y'all. We got tons of really great bonus things we coming do. in the future, especially. We do. And I'm trying to convince Jesse to do more bonus things. Like things that are really, really good should be behind the bonus wall, but he tries to give it to the real audience too. So Patreon people like sign up in overwhelming numbers so that I can convince him to put a lot more bonus things behind. The <laughs> yeah, I guess wall. I guess that is the question. It's like how much should be behind the paywall? Yeah. I feel like I I love giving content to the universe. Mm-hmm. But we are going to all get together and talk about Watchmen and Alexander behind the paywall. Trying to convince me to put that behind the paywall. Cuz that's going to be a good conversation and that is like yeah. that's bread for the birds. Like Yeah, and that's tough for me cuz I'm like, well, everyone uh, should be able to hear it. Yeah. But I don't know. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll I just say, out. and I'm not trying to be like that. I hope that doesn't sound greedy. But what I'm saying is I know that that's going to be really, really great content. And that's the bonus for our Patreon yeah. patrons. Do you know what I mean? Like the bonus is that they get that. They get that exclusive content. Right. Um. And and I think that that is really exclusive. And that I would agree. give more incentive to people to become Patreon patrons. Yeah. The way I look at it is like sometimes people can't afford to support us who really love the podcast. And I want to share as much with them as possible. Yeah. Um, like game streaming has taught me that some people, some people will support you a lot more than others just because they can afford to. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the idea of it. Almost feels like punishing people who can't afford it. Yeah. To to hold something back that is like us all getting together to talk about Watchmen, you know. But if we're all getting together to talk about Watchmen and then we do something for the Patreon, like on top of that, you know, like an extra. 20 minutes on whatever, or I don't know, you know? See, but then we have to figure out what we're going to talk about for those 20 minutes. And then they just get like a side piece of a meal versus like the meal. Sure. So, I I don't don't know. know. Well, this is up to you guys. You You can let us know Leave us comments and things in like email, Jesse and... and, We obviously don't know exactly... I am so right. (laughs) I am a Virgo. We obviously don't know exactly what we're doing. He's a Libra. He wants balance. I want balance. Bring balance to the forest, damn it. That's great. Uh... Just don't kill the younglings in the process. They're always killing younglings. That's what he said. (laughs) So you can write to us, our new email, spacenerdspodcast at gmail.com. Did I tell you about this, Alexandria? You did. Okay. No, you didn't, but I heard it on the podcast. Okay, good. There you go. I listen. I know. It's amazing. I know that I joke a lot too. What I realized on Be Right Back that I joke a lot about how like I'm the the best of the hosts. I hope that (laughs) Jane and Doug know that like I'm kidding when I say that. Because I listened to it and I was like if if they really don't know me, they probably think I'm just the worst human being. But it's all jokes. It's all just like, oh, he really loves me more because I'm the best. But like, <laughs> you know, Jane has really great things to offer, and Doug has a really nice voice. Yeah. So it's like, you know what I mean? They have their they yeah. have their well, they don't listen pluses. to the podcast. As far <gasps> as I know, they don't listen. You're oh, the well, only one. I'm vain. I want to listen to us, and also I laugh a lot yeah. at us. Well, that's what I mean. We're here to enjoy ourselves. It's just very it. true. Yeah, yeah. Well, while you're here, yeah. do you want to uh, do some space news? Absolutely not. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> Let's do some space news. Okay. Oh, but I should say, uh, 
patreon.com slash space nerds podcast that's where it is and there's gonna be a link in the description and that's gonna exist from now on so patreon.com slash space nerds podcast nice you're welcome now i want to sign up (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and i'm very curious to see who our first patron will be i'm very excited to find out Anyway, let's let's get into some space news. After these messages, we'll be right <laughs> back. Space news. Are you ready for some space news? Yeah. Um, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's even funny. It like, is funny. I'm hilarious. You're hilarious. It's not that. It's you think that I'm weird. That's why you're laughing. No, I don't you're think like, you're what weird. What was that? And then you're like, okay, let's just do it. We're so ridiculous. Let's that was it. what that was. Okay. Wasn't it? <laughs> nope. Damn. <laughs> NASA needs new strategies to protect the solar system from earthly contamination. Child. You know what that means? That sounds like not news. Earth germs. Okay, that sounds like not news. Okay, that sounds like, yeah, we are ruining the entire solar system. Exactly. Just by being Earth. You want to know what doesn't ruin the solar system? What? Uh, why the other plan- planets don't? Because they ain't got humans. Right. Okay. Absolutely. We got humans, so we're ruining the entire solar system. Yes. Ugh. I thought that you would enjoy this I, one. Oh, this is right up my alley. Yeah, this and me too, because I'm a bit of a germaphobe. Really? Absolutely. I did not know that. Yeah. I don't know. I think I might be a smart, a small, sm- ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly bit more of a germaphobe than you. I was trying to figure out how mm. to say small bit more, and that was very weird. Well, how would we determine... Who's the biggest germaphobe? So here's what I here's why, and don't take offense to this or like keep it in your brain going forward. Don't overthink it. But just you remember last week when I had dicks and you walked over and you picked up a fry. Yeah. You reached your hand in my bag to pick up a fry, and I was mortified. Mm. I don't like when people put their hands inside my food things. Yeah. Because germs. I didn't even ask. You didn't even think about it because yeah. you, you're you not a germaphobe like me. Like people, when people reach, it's like I have a bag of gummy bears sitting on my dressing room station that people have reached their hands into so I can no longer eat those gummy bears. Okay. It's I think weird. you win. <laughs> <laughs> I think you win. I mean, I can shake hands and like try not to think about it. I can, I sometimes touch doorknobs. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. Most times I like put a cloth in between, but it's literally a hand in and the only way that I can stop it is if I watched someone wash their hands before they mm. put their hand in my bag. Yeah, it's not bad for me with people I know, but I have like stranger danger germophobia. Like if I'm in a gas station restroom, I feel like oh! I need to oh! I feel like I need to like sanitize my whole oh! body after. Do you know like when you touch a, a faucet to turn it on just to wash your hands and it's already wet? Ugh. Like and it's probably just water, take, but it doesn't matter. Take my hands. I no longer need them. Yeah. They are just burn the whole thing. Like I I go out of my way to like find a way to open the door where I don't touch it. Same. Yeah. That's why I hate But then I then my elbow feels dirty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we might be on the same level there. Yeah. Because you're like, how do you scrub your elbow? Yeah. And like, do you like how do you you know those bathrooms that have the air ones and they don't offer paper towels because yeah. earth or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And the, like the Dyson air blade. <laughs> And they're just like basically throwing feces back on your hands. Did you oh, know that? You just ruined those don't for me. Read, God don't read. I'm sorry. They are basically taking the air from the bathroom and spitting it onto your hands. I don't know if this is scientifically accurate. You keep reading your article okay. while I Google that because I, I read it. Oh, no. On the internet. While so you're looking at that, okay, look it up. Look it up. 
<laughs> um, when but I yes. first saw the Dyson Airblade, I was like, oh, finally, something that actually works that doesn't use waste to dry so our what hands. Do you, what do they call air dryers? Dyson Airblades. Air dryer. Also because of Dyson Spheres. I have a Dyson vacuum. I like it. Is it weird that I bought a Dyson vacuum because of an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation that mentions a Dyson sphere that has nothing to do with Dyson who made the vacuums, but I still wanted to buy one because it sounds like the future? That is adorable. (laughs) Um, But... And, but I'm not judging you because I have a Dyson, but only because I thought that they were the best. They and are it, the best. They, and the best way to get me to clean or do something is get me a gadget for it. Yeah. And I vacuum all the time. Like, I'm, I'm a vacuum before y'all come down and visit me. Okay. Because also, I found it. Can I read it to you and ruin your it, life? Let's do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I'm interrupting you. We're yours. doubling down on this we're space news. This, this is, is the, this is the bathroom news. This now. was posted May 11th, 2018. Okay. By Harvard Health. Publishing. Oh, shit. Uh oh. The title, The Bacterial Horror of Hot Air Hand Dryers. Oh, God. If you're the kind of person who avoids public bathrooms at all costs, you may feel validated as well as disturbed by a new study from researchers at the University of Connecticut and Quinnipiac. I'm spelling that wrong. I'm saying that wrong. University. They suspected that hot air hand dryers in public restrooms might be sucking up bacteria from the air and dumping them on the newly washed hands of unsuspecting patrons. Patrons. <laughs> Two test the series scientists exposed petri dishes to bathroom air under different conditions and took them back to the microbiology laboratory to look for bacterial growth. Petri dishes exposed to bathroom air for two minutes with the hand dryers off only grew one colony of bacteria or none at all. However, petri dishes exposed to hot air from a bathroom hand dryer for 30 seconds, grew up to 254 colonies of bacteria. Okay. Though most had from 18 to 60 colonies of bacteria. But is it because of hot air? Because the Dyson Airblade is not hot air. Let me see. Were, were the bacteria multiplying inside the hand dryers or were they being pulled into the hand dryers from the air outside the bathroom? The answer to this question, the researchers attach high-efficiency particulate air oh hepa filters goodness gracious to the dryers which would eliminate most of the bacteria from the air passing through the dryer okay. when they exposed petri dishes to the air from the hand dryers again the quantity of bacteria in the dishes had fallen by 75 percent wow so as well the researchers found minimal amounts of bacteria on the nozzles of the hand dryers they concluded that most of the bacterial splatter from the hand dryers had come from the washroom air okay Oof. i mean so basically if you walk into a uh a bathroom at a gas station you need to like take a shower because your entire body touched that bathroom air yeah well when someone told me that like if you smell a fart that means that someone's poo particles just got in your nose i was like this is the worst thing i've ever heard that's disgusting but it's true we are way off topic but also like just they wrap it up and say Paper towels are the most hygienic way to dry your hands. Oh, that's frustrating because they're also so Terrible bad for, for the, the earth. earth. But if you com- if you leave a compost bin in the bathroom and then actually compost those... Sure, but we're still like producing materials yeah, for I one know. use. Maybe, maybe like get yourself a handkerchief. That's disgusting. Well, just use a fresh one and then wash it. I mean, it. okay, wait. Handkerchief sounds disgusting, but bringing your own towel doesn't sound yeah, that yeah, disgusting. Yeah. So maybe you like pack a towel when you... Pack a towel. Pack a towel. Give me a nice pack a towel jingle. Pack a towel the next time you go on a road trip. So at the rest area, you can dry your hands. <laughs> that was so good. 
That was so good. <laughs> so bad. That's catchy. Okay, keep going with the space okay, news. Okay, this was from Gizmodo.com. Uh, Hi, Gizmodo. Pretend that we didn't just go on a 20-minute We did not. It was only like 12. Yeah, NASA needs new <laughs> strategies to protect the solar system from earthly contamination. Okay. Yes. NASA has worked hard to prevent microbes from hitching rides on our spacecraft and spreading across the solar system. Excuse me, around the solar system. Okay. Excuse me, I read that wrong. But the agency's tactics are now woefully out of date. A new report outlines the changes needed to modernize NASA's planetary protection policies and prevent our germs from contaminating scientifically important targets like Mars. So, first of all, <laughs> is it weird that this is like one of my fears? Like us contaminating other planets with our germs? I don't know if it's weird, but... But you you hadn't wait so so wait how is it well it might be only weird in that you were so gung ho like a couple weeks ago about the idea of colonizing these other planets yeah but now you're worried about our germs like if we're gonna colonize them we're gonna bring smallpox that's what we do I know that's what we do that's why I'm scared so okay I put the, the article quotes, goes by on because I didn't do that this article <laughs> talks about how like we we're have future potential missions to subsurface oceans on Saturn's move and hmm. moon Enceladus and Jupiter's moon Europa. Europa! Um, yeah. That's from your book, isn't it? It is. Yeah. <laughs> and then like setting up bases on Mars and, um, and all that stuff. Like there's a lot that we have planned uh, in the, in the future of going to space. And if we are bringing our microbes with us, we could destroy the Yikes. ecosystem of other planets. Like, isn't, I mean that, that, scares the shit out of me like we show up on Enceladus let's say and we go subsurface of the water and we're like swimming down in alien waters and oh my god look there's creatures here oh my god there's like a little dead. alien starfish oh my god they have alien starfish pox and they're all gonna die yeah. because of our stupid fucking uh <laughs> yeah um like rest stop germs it's true ew yeah our, I, it's, it our air me. dryer, our air dryer germs. This is a thing that I worry about. What about any of the things that we think are normal for our bodies? Like, what if just normal skin bacteria is harmful exactly. to right? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we'd have no idea how anything from our Earth might interact with anything from another Earth, mm -hmm. especially on like a microscopic bacterial level. Yeah, and there are a lot of. Uh, procedures that have been set up throughout the years to prevent contamination. Mm -hmm. um, but basically what this article is talking about is the fact that they are woefully out of date. Woeful. So let's read a little more here. The inadvertent spread of terrestrial microbes to these places could interfere with our ability to detect native life on these objects or interfere with unknown alien ecosystems. This prospect is referred to as forward contamination, but backward contamination, in which alien microbes return to Earth, either deliberately or accidentally, poses risks as well, such as the unleashing of an alien virus on humanity. Yeah, and we have no cure. That might sound. Well, viruses are terrible anyway, because there are no cures for viruses. But like an, an, an alien virus that could just wipe us out, and we just don't even know. Like the coronavirus? I know, it's Maybe scary. that is an alien virus. Maybe. I mean, there's... <laughs> Robert Kirkman, who wrote The Walking Dead, just recently tweeted that the cause of the outbreak of the zombie apocalypse was an alien bacteria or something like that. But I, we think he was kidding. But um, but it's interesting. I mean, yeah, this this definitely goes both ways. Like if we're going to other planets, like anyone who's watched enough Star Trek or whatever knows that you gotta decontaminate when you get back of to the course. ship. Of course, you know. And if our practices are out of date, given what we know about you know biology and and all of that stuff. Like, that's scary. Like, we got to update that shit. Yeah. 
Are you all right? Yeah, I started thinking about like that book series that I was reading, and maybe it was a book series in the book series of like how they showered, how they decontaminated. Yeah. It was like very painful, and they had to like basically like slough off the outer layer of their skin, to, right? Like, make right. sure like they don't get like a cute shower. It's like a oh man. Well, on Star Trek Enterprise, they did a sexy shower where they have to rub gel on each other. Oh, yeah, it was uh, embarrassing. <laughs> To say the least. Yeah. Fun to watch, but kind of embarrassing as a Star yeah. Trek fan. It's like, we see you, Rick Berman. We know what you're doing. Man, <laughs> Gross. Um, given that many current policies date back to the 1970s uh, and the Viking expeditions to Mars, the space agency's planetary protection policies and implementation procedures should be readdressed uh, because they are anachronistic and sometimes unrealistic. Then what does that mean? <laughs> That's kind of scary, isn't it? Because if we're making these uh, policies based off of old science, Mm -hmm. science is always moving forward. Right. That's the purpose of science is to help us move forward with our understanding of of the universe and how we fit into it and our own own place in our bodies and all that stuff. And anyway, um, but this is something that I think about a lot as someone who's had a lot of health trouble and has gone to a lot of doctors. Like, we don't know that much about how our own bodies work. No. Don't they don't know anything about brains? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um Yeah, anyway, the authors advise NASA to explore new technologies, the authors of this study to, you know, fix their shit, mm-hmm. uh to better categorize exploration targets, create better forward and backward planetary protection implementation protocols. That was a good sentence. Yeah, you read that straight in one take. Well, this is my language. And I, I, I speak sci-fi, and that translates into science sometimes. Got it. And lower planetary protection costs and schedule impacts on projects. It also advises the space agency to conduct planetary protection reevaluations twice per decade and secure additional funding to make sure its policies are effective. So there's no news here on like new policies. The news here is that our policies are terrible, and it's we're we're like requiring outside scientists to come in and say NASA, you got to step up your game because if we're going to other worlds, we could destroy their ecosystem and our own Mm -hmm. and like this is this is something i think about a lot with this whole you know gung-ho american frontiersman uh attitude is like the potential for catastrophe with that attitude is so high it's so high (laughs) um this is her thinking face you can't see it but it's real it's real i (laughs) I think this is the first, like, Space News article that I'm just like, <sighs> like, I agree, but also it's really sad. Like, yeah. what, what are we, what is, what? <laughs> <laughs> Your skeptic nature is uh, being fed by this one, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is, but it's also like. You're speechless. Because it's hard. It, which is. Not the best for a podcast, but Not I'll take I'll take whatever I can get. No, the hardest is I'm speechless because it's like I'm so used to like contradicting whatever you say, and now I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> now you agree with me. Like, well, like, yep, 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 yep. yep. Like yeah. all of that is, and I so I feel like I'm at a loss for words. Yeah, I mean, our history on our planet should be an indication mm. of you know. We know that colonizing is a loaded word. And when the Americas were colonized in the way that is loaded, they wiped out a lot of the native population sure did. with, you know, their germs. And war. Sure. Yeah. Well, all sorts of stuff. Gross. All sorts of bad things. Yeah. Like, 
Just leave it at home. You know, don't take it leave out with it you. Leave it at home. You don't need to show up being all warry and germy. Yeah, leave the smallpox <laughs> blanket at home. Yeah. So, but man, I just worry that we don't learn. Could I you worry imagine that, like the whole, the, uh, like an alien version of the bubonic plague? I can absolutely imagine that. I've seen that in like so many different episodes of TV yes. <laughs> and movies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the movie Alien well, is kind of about this like parasite that gets into your body, grows a new version of itself, and then kills you as it explodes out of your stomach. Gross. Yeah. What was the disease? <laughs> what was the disease that killed everybody in I Am Legend? Ooh, I read that so long ago, and I never watched the movie. Oh, you didn't see the movie? I didn't know it was a book. Oh yeah, a uh, classic book, really good book actually. But it's kind of like a zombie thing, isn't it? In I Am Legend, is it a zombie thing? I don't remember. It seems like zombies at first, but then doesn't seem like it later. I thought it was because they had like little vials of. I don't know, but yeah, but oh, it was a man-made plague that transforms okay. humans into bloodthirsty mutants. Hmm. <laughs> transforms them into American colonists. <laughs> Look. So, yeah, this I just worry that we don't learn and that we make the same mistakes over and over again yeah. because the history of humanity is just riddled with the same mistakes. Yeah. And I love that there are scientists out there looking out for the ecosystems of other planets because traveling to the moons of Saturn or Jupiter, I mean, that's one of my life dreams. Like, not me personally, but humanity doing that, learning if there is life. Because there could be life in our own solar system. We just don't know it because it's under the water and we can't see it from here. Or under the atmosphere that is too thick to see. So, I mean, there could be so much life in the solar system that we don't even know about. Mm-hmm. But just to explore the oceans of an alien moon, just that alone, even if there's no life there... That is such an honor and like something that we need to respect if we're going to do it and make sure that we're not fucking up the atmosphere and the, uh, I mean, there might not be a microbiome, but if there is, and it seems likely that there would be, right? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine going to an alien world with water that doesn't have a microbiome of some kind? And that is alien life, you know, and on, on like a base level microbiome like living, living bacteria. Oh, that are smaller than what we can see. Yeah. Okay. Although like, I think yeah, I mean, when I think of the biome, I think of, like, gut bacteria, like what's living in your body. Oh. But there's, so, okay, also that, too, there's so much bacteria living in every human being that if we go to another planet and any of that bacteria gets out, like, what happens next? Yeah. Are we then responsible for the for the spark of life on an alien world that in, you know, millions of years becomes a sentient species? Is that what happened on Earth? Is that how life started on Earth? Like alien travelers who didn't watch out for their boogers that grew life on Earth? Because we are totally the descendants of boogers. That's terrible. That's not true. I'm not doing that. Okay. No. (laughs) I'm not buying monkeys and I'm not buying... Although monkeys are very closely related to us. But I'm not buying monkeys. I'm not buying boogers. You don't buy that we are descendants of monkeys? I feel like we're cousins, but I don't feel like we're like from them. Well... I well, we don't have to get into this it's discussion fine. now. It's fine. We but uh, the what that makes me think of is like when I was a religious studies minor, mm-hmm. we talked about how um, there's the common misconception that Judaism was like, or Christianity grew out of Judaism. Mm-hmm. That like Judaism existed first, and then Christianity, like in some people's minds, like replaced it. Yeah, which as a Jew is very offensive. Yeah. Um, but the actual reality of what happened is that there was these ancient Israelite religions 
from which Judaism and Christianity both grew out of. Mm -hmm. And like, it was a process of becoming what they are today. Um, And, and it's just interesting that like, they didn't really, one didn't grow out of the other. They both grew out of something else, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, So if you think about like modern monkeys and saying, oh, we grew out of modern monkeys. Like that's, I don't think that's exactly what evolutionists are um, saying. They're saying that like, we evolved from something very monkey like monkey like okay that makes sense yeah i like, think that would make more sense than yeah looking like, at a chimpanzee and be like hey bro right like, nah. but like chimpanzees are maybe something that has evolved in parallel with us very similarly from something and maybe there was like fewer i mean i know by looking at like gorillas and like you know those little have you seen any of those memes of like the white women who go to the zoo and <laughs> nope <laughs> Sorry. They go to the zoo and like there's this white woman who was sitting in front of a gorilla and breastfeeding and the gorilla came and sat by her and was like really excited to watch her <gasps> oh. breastfeed. And like the gorilla watched and yeah. just kind of like put her hand on the window and it's yeah. just like, okay, like maybe, you know. Yeah. Maybe. Well, it's possible that all life on earth was like maybe there was one single cell organism that was the first life on earth. Mm. And maybe that evolved into different things and then you know, fast forward billions of years and you have like this proliferation pro- proliferation of life on earth. But like, what if we evolved from one single cell organism? Everything, yeah. you know, everything on earth, maybe from one germ, let's say. Uh, so if that's the case, like we, everything is related in some way and we should fucking respect and look out for each other. I'm here for that. Not like, not just all people, but all creatures and species on earth. Like we all are connected. One. Yeah. And in that way, we should not, take our disgusting bacteria to space and right. make sp- space disgustingness and ruin right. our solar system. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, space germs bad. And that's the space news. And that's the space news. <laughs> space news. All right. Jane's back. I'm here. I'm so excited. The moment has arrived. Yeah. My favorite. Yes. Both of our favorite episode <laughs> of Firefly out of gas. Yes. How have you been? We've we've missed you. I, I know. I have not been part of the uh, the space nerds uh, activities lately. <laughs> I've been a little busy with work and moving. And yeah, uh, glad to be back though. Your life exploded and then went back to normal. Yeah, it happens about this time every year. So. Well, I got to see your new house today, and it's so cute. Yeah, I'm glad you got to see it. And we watched the episode over uh, at my place, and now we're back at Jesse's to record. But yeah, uh, it's charming. Yeah, you have the coolest attic that I've ever seen. I'm so excited <laughs> for the attic that is about to be my book nook. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to just deck it out and live up there, basically. It's really, <laughs> really adorable. And then yeah. your your husband doesn't like heights, so he's not even going to come up there. Yeah, so it's like it's my space. Yeah. So it makes it even more uh, special. Yeah, it's not just like a room no. that is just yours. It's like a room that like he doesn't... Retreat even want to go to yeah it's like he has no interest in going up there whatsoever yeah. so it's like cool it's mine and <laughs> <laughs> dibs <laughs> yeah all right so we all i mean ryan actually watched with us also um mm-hmm. we watched out of gas which is i mean I, always said it's my favorite episode of firefly and mm-hmm. then i had this weird nervousness watching it today it's like am i gonna love this as much as i did last time <laughs> it never lets you down i've watched this episode i don't even know how many times probably more than 50 to be honest because yeah. like I've watched it like sitting down and paying 110% of 
of my attention to it. I've also had it in the background. I've shown <laughs> other people this episode. Yeah. But about to podcast about it. Like I've <laughs> I've done every range of paying attention. Uh and it just it's always a treat. Yeah. Um, I I after all this time. It still got me. Like I was yeah. I got teary eyed again. Mm-hmm. And I I knew it was gonna happen. I've seen it several times. Yep. And it still got me. It's that moment at the end where like the the crew has come back and Mal is <laughs> woken up and he yeah. sees them there and then he's about to go back to sleep again mm-hmm. and he's like, Y'all still gonna be here when I wake up, right? Yeah, he has that moment of panic, you see yeah. it, or he like jerks back awake and he's like, Wait, wait, am I dreaming this? Are you real? Is yeah. It, is this happening? Oh, and it gets me. Yeah. It really gets me. Yeah. Okay, so this what's what happens in this episode? This is the episode where the ship breaks. Yes. Uh everything goes wrong. Um the life support goes and then the auxiliary life support goes all because this thing that Kaylee has been warning him about, uh, it comes up in two other episodes prior to this. One was <laughs> the actual original pilot. Uh, and then one was, um, uh, the train job, mm. which is the second pilot right. because they were putting this seed in here that we want, uh, Kaylee to be like, Hey, by the way, there's this part on the ship that if it breaks, we're going to be hosed. Yeah. And then it does, and then they are. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they pay it off really well. So yeah. the port compression coil, uh-huh. the catalyzer on the port compressor, uh, port compression coil, it's a mouthful, uh, <laughs> blows, and that's like a critical piece to keeping the engine turning. Without the engine turning, they can't uh, well, f- move through space they have no right. propulsion and they don't have life support it's right. really like the heart of the ship and it also like explode i mean there's a huge explosion yeah. that and knocks out that zoe triggers an actual fire explosion yeah at, which leads to the fact that they have to dump most of their oxygen out into space to put out the fire yes so they're not just like dead in the water and yeah. they don't just have broken life support, but yeah. they just dumped out most of their oxygen. It, they're in a really bad place. They yeah. ha- they got rid of most of their oxygen that they already had in, on the ship. They have no way of making more. Uh, the heating of the, the life support, uh, it's not just that they're running out of air, it's also that they're about to freeze to death. Right. They are in a very, <laughs> very bad place. And they set up at the very beginning um, when everyone's having a good time around the dinner table, Wash says, we went out of our way to avoid the Alliance. Oh, that's right. Yes. We are, instead of like 18 hours uh, away from our next destination, we're about a week away now. Right. So, so they really, the really set up that they are nowhere. This is not a normal route that other yeah. people are going to pass by, which is why it's such a big deal that the signal that they're pumping out the SOS later isn't going to reach anyone because they deliberately went nowhere. Right. Yeah, and then this episode is also intercut with flashbacks of Mal meeting everyone in the crew that was already on the crew in Mm -hmm. the pilot episode. Because, like, we see him meet Shepard Book, we see him meet uh, River and Simon, Mm -hmm. but we don't know how he met Wash and Zoe and Inara and and Jane Jane and um, the... and uh, Oh, Bester, the other mechanic. Oh, yeah. And Kaylee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess, I mean, we already knew that he and Zoe were war buddies. Right. You see that they're already right friends. up front. Yeah, so they're you know already friends at the beginning, two. so we don't see right. that meet. But, um, but yeah, we see him pick up the rest of the crew mm-hmm. and basically, in flashbacks, assemble this life that he wants to live, this yeah. free life where he's basically always, always on the run from the Alliance, always trying to stay one step ahead of... Mm-hmm. 
the this like oppressive government that he just doesn't want to live inside of because he fought against it and lost. Right. So like he fought the Star Wars and lost and now has to live on the run for the rest of his life. Yeah. Or, or not even on, on the, the run, but just outside the law. On the one hand, it seems like, oh yeah, obviously that's what you do if like the bad guys win. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, you think about it like, that's what the people in society who don't like can't live in a normal area and they just like go off to live in the woods you know right. it's like that weird prepper guy right like, <laughs> yeah he, he builds his own log cabin he gardens his own food and it's like that's kind of what mal's doing he's like being totally. super fringe by getting his own ship and like well forget the rest of the universe or the verse and we're just gonna we're just gonna live on this ship and keep moving around so yeah the, the man can never find us it's like if if your candidate loses the election and then you just <laughs> you're like well build a boat and go out to sea <laughs> yeah, and yeah. just ne- like never set foot in the Not united states like again Canada, which sounds pretty like, good to be honest right now <sighs> the way things are going these yeah. days boat sounds pretty nice um and I, I, and the ship Serenity just represents freedom to him, and mm-hmm. that's illustrated very plainly oh, yeah. when he, he and Zoe tour the ship for the first time. He's like, he's bought this ship, and he shows yeah. it to Zoe, and she's like, "This is a piece of trash. Right, like, like, why did you are buy you this? Choking right now. Yeah. Why did you just waste all your money on this thing that doesn't even run? Yeah, but to him, he says like, "This is freedom. You yeah. know, like this ship is our freedom, yeah. and this ship represents his." his only option to live life the way that he wants to live it. And then to surround himself with the people who think in a like-minded way Mm -hmm. and just carve out this own little piece of the, of the universe for, for them and to live free. And it's that something about that just like touches me in a very like deep level of, I've never been someone who does a super, you know, who can never be like comfortable inside of, this like system that America has oh, where like, yeah. we're supposed to just some broken... spend like eight to 10 hours a day doing something you probably don't like very much. Mm-hmm. Um, like you have to just like work for money and yeah. do things that you don't care about to exist. And like that healthcare is broken. Yeah, It's and... just expected. Like yeah. th- this is the system live in it or like that. That's your only option. You can live yeah. in it or you cannot live. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's an argument to be made that like we are living in the, in an, in, an oppressive system like uh i mean i've just like i've been dealing with health issues for a long time and trying to get good health care has become just this like insane nightmare for me and that's Mm -hmm. a whole long story i won't go into today but i but i i do want to say like i recently got on new health insurance because i i discovered that you know andy and i have been living together for years i Mm -hmm. learned that i can become her domestic partner and get on her insurance oh good which is it's insane it's like it was so easy to do and now i have options of doctors that i can see that have never been open to me before and i i just like started going to this new clinic where like the old doctors were basically saying like we've done a full workup on you multiple times like Mm -hmm. i don't know what else you want us to do Uh, and the new the new clinic i went to they're like i can't believe that your doctors said said that to you i can't believe all the tests that they haven't put you through because i still have no idea like we thought i had lyme disease for a while and now we don't think that i do and we're like starting over starting from scratch now yeah because but with like a new clinic where they actually seem to care about finding Mm -hmm. an answer and this is all just because like some simple paperwork like nothing has actually really changed other than like you filled out a form basically and now they're like oh well now you can actually have health care yeah it's interesting like the (laughs) doctor that i saw said that at some clinics they actually ding the doctors for every time they send out tests that 
aren't necessary or something. So they don't want to test people? Yeah, they're like, there's like an incentive to not continue to test yeah. people that are hard to diagnose. Yeah. So basically, you either fall into like an easy category or you just or will never get healthy. Wow. And that's the problem I've been having for like over a decade, you know? Um, but it, I, that, I mentioned that just to, because like, that's what I was thinking about while watching this episode. I was like, man, do we live in that society? Like, yeah. if I don't have access to this better healthcare, like I'm just fucked, you know? Right. It's like living on a border planet or like out on the right. rim. It's just a- absolutely. like, here's some uh, blankets and some cows, go yeah. figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And I've been on, you know, the, I've been on uh, Apple health, which is Washington state, um, yeah. Medicaid. So, uh, like people talk about like, medicaid for all like that's what i've been using Mm -hmm. um what that would look like and unfortunately like it has been very unhelpful Uh, it is better than not having any health insurance because maybe there's still a lot of people that have right zero although i've been paying for almost everything out of pocket for the last two years because insurance doesn't cover wow because the medicaid insurance doesn't cover what i've been doing all these extra tests they can just probably like, like like Not seeing a naturopath necessary. or like c- certain specialists, like it just yeah. doesn't cover it. So, wow. yeah, I, and I'm just like thinking about that watching the episodes. Like, what what would I do in this situation? Mm-hmm. And I'm and like, what I would want to live like Mal lives, but then I realize like I'm in that situation in a way. Yeah, like we live in a government or in a society where the government doesn't speak for everybody and no. uh, is really only providing the benefits for the for the wealthy and the elite. Right. Only the the uh, incredibly wealthy people can have all of the perks yeah everyone else it's like well you get the crumbs yeah totally and so it was like we if we're already living in that and then i guess like would i live like mal's living i guess not because i'm not you know i'm <laughs> i i'm tr- still trying to find a way through this system that seems broken to find a way to exist yeah. but like you know content creation for me has always been this thing where it's like well I, if i could make a living doing that i'd be really happy and like i want to make that happen mm-hmm. um but i it's a hard you're constantly like yeah. fighting uphill sure just like yeah everything that you create it's like well now you got to go give pr and like you got to push it to the yeah. public and be like buy my thing right which i'm bad at well those are two totally different skill sets like absolutely people who are creative and it's like look at this awesome art that i made and it's like it makes you feel it's like thinking about stuff and then to t- put on your business hat and then just be yeah. like how am i going to monetize this right how am i going to be able to get enough money to go to the doctor or to eat or to pay my rent like right. those are very very different skill sets sure yeah. before i forget yes. talking about other things that are not firefly we'll go back to the episode in a second because we can wax forever <laughs> on that one but uh before i forget my friend um i told her i was doing a podcast and it's all like sci-fi stuff and things and then we got onto the topic of alien and how i have never actually seen it oh have you done a podcast i did it was a before? long time ago okay. um the first time i saw alien it was a crossover podcast with yeah. My friends who also had a show that I think is now defunct called Turn Up the Lady Bro, um, <laughs> where we watched Alien, but I, nice. I, it's so long ago, I'm, okay. and I've never done the other Alien movies. Maybe we could, like, do a Super into whole, it. like, marathon or something, yes. I know, but, like, I've never seen, I've seen a little bit of, like, obviously the one that Joss Whedon did that, did that everyone hates. I haven't seen um, that one. Alien. Resurrection, I think it was. Resurrection, it was like four? yeah, that sounds, yeah, the fourth yeah, yeah, one. I think it was the fourth one. Yeah. Oh, and we did a sci-fi on Trial of Prometheus, but then I never mm. saw the other one of those. Oh, the newer so, one? Yeah, I'm game. Yeah, okay. I've actually, but I've never seen, like, OG, like, 
the original. Yeah. I've seen bits oh my and God. pieces. I've never sat down and watched the whole thing. Well, let's so. do it. When we're that, done with Firefly, that, needs to happen. that would be an awesome project. Yeah. I've also like really want to have movie nights for all the space nerds to come yeah, over. Where we can all get in on it at the yeah. same time. Because the Star Wars thing was so fun. That and was fun. Everyone got to meet each other mm-hmm. and like... And it was more yeah. like a panel with like everybody being in the same place at the same time. And even though we all did our little recordings, basically like, all right, <laughs> give me your 30 seconds. But we were all there and it yeah. changed the, the vibe of the It did thing, change the so. vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then do, like we did that, uh, the Star Wars roundtable after that with B and Jenny, mm-hmm. which sorry, was super I fun. I know we, we, we wanted to have you there, and, uh, but it was still in your It was still crazy in that busyness. window of yeah. December. But it worked so out because it turns out I don't think I could even fit five people in this room mm. to record at once i think four is my max um but yeah maybe we could do like space nerds movie nights with the That'd alien be amazing movies. oh I man love that. i am excited yeah um but we gotta get through firefly first okay. which i'm so <laughs> we're we're now we're like in the second half because this is episode yeah, we're eight. officially yeah. uh that was episode eight so we're um on the downslide now and running out of episodes but um <laughs> but we're only halfway okay. through really it's okay you know? we've got time we've been spacing them out we, it's taken us so long to get through 14 episodes of TV. I know. Which I'm kind of okay with because it, it's a finite amount. Right. And I like to I like to dole it out in little bits. Right. Um, just to, like when you need that Firefly hit and you're just like, oh, just one episode, just here or there. You totally. Know, just, just and I'm going to miss it so much when it's gone. So yeah. it's nice to have Alien in the back burner yeah. to be like, yeah, we can do that next. There is a little bit more content with the, the yeah. comics and the novels. Totally. But I'm doing the same thing with the novels. I read the first one, uh, Big Damn Hero. That came out uh, twenty eighteen, I think. I haven't it's read been that a minute yet. now. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, the novels uh, take place after everything. Yeah. But um, I've read a lot of the comics and really yeah, liked the a lot are, of them. Are also really nice for scratching the itch when you need new content. Yeah. And there was the, a lot of stuff like this week flying around about how like one of the big people at Fox. Yeah. Which Fox doesn't even exist anymore. But yeah. one of the big people was asked, like, the would you Disney bring Firefly Overlords. back? And but he said, like, yeah, <laughs> but this, this pops up every like five years it or does. so. There's yeah. the, and then the, the like viral articles are all over the place. Like, right. are they going to reboot Firefly? And it's right. like, oh yeah, everyone says their game. And but, like, it doesn't, they're just, they're just messing with our emotions. Like, yeah. It's not going to happen. Like Fox is now open to it because the fan base is still rabid after right. all these years. They're like, hmm, maybe we made a mistake by canceling oh, this you think? show. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I will say that well, we talked about this a while ago about like, would we want Firefly back? And I was like, I don't know. Cause I, I feel like um, at the time I was feeling like, uh, oh my God, what's Mal's name? Uh, Nathan, Nathan Fillion. Fillion. I was yeah. like, well, Nathan Fillion like doesn't really look the part anymore, which is a very superficial thing to say, and I kind of yeah. feel I feel kind of gross about myself that this is my opinion, <laughs> like, but it's oh. my I, I feel this way, yeah. and I can't hide it. So he's but he's, he's led a good life since then. But and he has gotten it back in shape. Like on the rookie, he yeah. looks really good. I mean, I've, he's like really gotten himself fit again. And this is so superficial. I, I feel bad, but like, but I do feel like now. Yeah he looks the part again Mm -hmm. and and there's a part of me that's like well yeah now now i do want more (laughs) right they're living a life of um like very lean lifestyle you can't necessarily look like you've been very well fed and very comfortable right comfortable when you're like starving right (laughs) like literally most of the motivation for all the episodes is we have no money if we don't do this job we're gonna starve to death right or the ship's gonna break down and we can't fix it and like you have to look like you're 
struggling. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I so. I know that that's I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel shitty about saying that, but I agree with that. And yeah. I I feel like that that character needs to be lean. For us to you know that you're hungry. <laughs> yeah, they got to look hungry. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, no shade to to comfortable Nathan Fillion, I know. but we love you, Nathan Fillion. We do. We're not body shaming you. You we're can look however you want. Yeah. Um, we're not trying to. We're, no, and no, if no, we no. are, I'm sorry. And if you want to come back and you want to have some pounds, we'll take it. However you want to come back. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he's you know. a gorgeous man, no matter yeah. what size Even he is. Even if there's a little extra cushion, it's fine. Yeah. But, but I do, but what you're saying, like they do kind of need to be. It's not compelling though for the yeah. story if yeah. you know, they're not hungry. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still so conflicted about like, what, I mean, I don't know. Uh, so much of the stuff that we've wanted to come back that is now coming back is being done so well That's that true. I'm kind of warming up to this idea of like if they were to bring Firefly back that yeah. maybe it would be really good. I'd be okay with like Firefly the later years, you know, or like maybe things have spread out a little bit and maybe they don't have the entire crew and maybe there's like, you know, they check in with different areas and on different episodes, like the movie did a little bit, like clearly yeah. book moved on and then they went to Haven to like visit him again and lay low. It's like, right. it's okay for them to spread out a little bit as, yeah. as time moves on. Sure. Things, things happen. People, but it people just makes leave. me so mad about the deaths in serenity, mm. which we don't need to go into today because yeah. we will at some that point will, that will be discussed. I guess yeah. we're not quite halfway through because we got that movie to talk That's about. True. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, but going back to Out of Gas, when you watch this episode, there's something that is so perfect about this moment in time for mm-hmm. all of these people, like the creatives and the actors, who are also obviously creatives, but like the behind the scenes and the in front of the camera creatives, like everyone was just like firing on all cylinders. Everyone yeah. was just in this thing together. And there was this sense of family that was so palpable. Mm-hmm. And if that can't be recreated, then I don't think they should do it. Yeah, I'm skeptical of them using different actors just because this crew has such camaraderie and like good chemistry it's they're they're still all friends in real life yeah so many years later because it they really clicked together and you saw it on camera you see it off camera right it's it's not something that i'm sure can be reproduced with a a totally fresh start so like if they don't bring back the same people or most of the same people i don't know if it would even feel the same. Right. And if it doesn't feel the same, well, it doesn't necessarily have to feel all feel the same, but yeah. there is something there that needs to feel There's, the same. Yeah. yeah. Like, it would yeah. be missing like the major spark. Like yeah. I, I don't, I'm not asking for an exact replica of what happened because right. that's not replaceable. It was a, all the, like you said, the, all the cast and the people behind the camera and the, the crew members, they were all firing on all cylinders trying to make this show the best it could possibly be so Fox wouldn't cancel it. Right. Um, and they were all given their everything. Um, but, you know, if they had, you know, another five years to tell the rest of their story, maybe they wouldn't be quite as on point. Right. With every episode. The, uh, the scene in the beginning where they are all having a meal together mm-hmm. and laughing about something that yeah. we don't even know what they're laughing about that makes is, is it's just so insanely good. Like it's just <laughs> beyond good. Yeah. Like that everyone is th- like the acting is so incredible. Like mm-hmm. you just don't, you don't need to know what they're laughing right. about. It it's just matter. so fucking anything awesome to watch them laughing about it. you can imagine is better than anything. Like Tim right. Rainier says totally. this. He's totally. like, I'm going to do the lazy route and I'm going to come in. They're halfway through this thing. The joke's already been told and they're just laughing about it after the fact. Yeah. And he's like, I couldn't think of anything even remotely 
as good as them just laughing. <laughs> right. Yeah, and so Tim Minear wrote this episode, and yeah. uh, incredible, mm-hmm. incredibly well done. The, this is still one of my favorite episodes of TV. Even, like, mm-hmm. watching it again now, I mean, the way that this episode is constructed is so cool. Mm-hmm. Just with all the flashbacks, and not just flashbacks to the past, but, like, flashbacks between, like, what's happening in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, Mal getting, he eventually, you know, is alone in the ship. He gets shot by these people mm-hmm. who try to steal the ship. And right. then he, yeah, so there's uh, he's dying. Yeah, so there's three main um, timelines going on in the show, which can be told by the, like, the lighting and the filters. And, like, we were watching mm-hmm. it on Blu-ray on a giant TV. <laughs> you guys got a big so TV now. We did, yeah, it's great. Um, but... Uh, it makes it a little bit more difficult to watch something that was meant for older TV formats and it was trying mm. to really sell the fact that these are definitely different times right. just visually, not not just um, based on conversation or dialogue or whatever, but you can tell just by looking at it which time period or which frame it is because um, they're jumping back and forth between multiple different times in this episode. And yeah. some people hate that. I love I've, it. I've heard people that are like, this episode is garbage. It's so <laughs> lazy. I'm so tired of writers doing this these flashback episodes and these origin stories episodes. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is this is like the flawless one. Right. <laughs> how how do you? This is the model that the others were based off of. This is the one that of. they're all like right. doing the homage to. Right. And it's like I I don't know. It's yeah. The way that like I love it dearly. The way that the the flashbacks also kind of cross over each other, like Mal mm-hmm. lying. In the very beginning of the episode, he's like lying in the grating and Mm -hmm. then the door opens and you see the light on his face Mm -hmm. and you turn the camera around and then we're looking at a a memory of him and Zoe walking onto the ship for the first time. Like the way that they kind of crisscross each other is so incredibly well like constructed. Thought out really well. There's even another like layer in that, in that episode or that flashback where you see Zoe and Mal looking at the ship or Zoe's first time looking at it and she goes, what's that? And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. And she's like, no, what's that? And she's pointing at the exact spot right. in the now timeline. Where uh, Mal's where bleeding, Mal is bleeding out on the floor. Out. Yeah. Where Implying she, that there's, like, yeah. shit on the ground right. from some animal living there Right, or like, yeah. you don't know what that was. But it's like, oh, that's great, because we know that he's, you know, Yeah, I didn't there. actually pick that up. There's crossover kind of in that. And then in the shot where he's on the grate and you, like, you see the blood dripping uh-huh. through, it's so symbolic of, like... His blood is in the ship. Like, this, yeah. it's flowing through him. He is, like, entwined with the ship in a way that um, everyone else is like, oh, whatever, it's a, it's a ship. But, like, he loves it so much, he's <laughs> literally bleeding into the ship. <laughs> <laughs> his it's fluids his, are mixing it, with the ship. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's got his blood now. <laughs> yeah. It really interests me that you say that some people complain about that, about this, about the jarring nature of, like jumping between all these timelines because there was a part of me that was like appreciating the fact that this episode assumes that the audience is intelligent it assumes that you are following what they're doing and just does it Mm -hmm. it doesn't really hold your hand through it um and it is a little like jarring sometimes like where am i and Mm -hmm. at the beginning of every single shot you have to like well this is totally different like where am i in time Mm -hmm. but i think that they pull it off in such an incredible way that I think the the careful viewer will get it. And I really appreciate that when the content creator, the author, yeah. whatever, respects their audience. There's nothing worse for me for suspension of disbelief than someone 
like over explaining something or like really beating to death like the art shot where it's like no but what you're supposed to be feeling right now is this and i'm gonna tell you why with exposition and it's like just let it play out and if you did it well then you don't have to explain it (laughs) yeah i do feel a little browbeaten sometimes by Mm -hmm. modern yeah stuff like Like, wow you really think we didn't notice all those little eggs that you've put in the scene or like like what's a good example i was watching something recently i was like man they're really spelling this out but i can't remember now what it was that i was Mm. watching where i just felt like there was this feels gross like i guess maybe even rise of skywalker as much as i loved it felt like it was very um expository in the way where they wanted to make sure the audience knew how to feel about everything Mm -hmm. and i kind of like to draw my own conclusions about that stuff sometimes and i i guess uh yeah. Or maybe it was I was watching Aladdin. I watched that Aladdin with Will Smith. Oh, the new one? Oh, I yeah. no. I loved it. First of all, okay. I really loved it. It yeah. was super fucking fun. Okay. The well. opening number is atrocious. It's just like <laughs> auto like Auto Smith. It's oh, like no. Will Smith auto-tuned no. so much that it just you're listening to a robot and it's really upsetting. Mm-hmm. But it's distracting. But the movie as a whole was really enjoyable and Will Smith mm-hmm. is the genie was really enjoyable in a way that I didn't expect. That's but good to hear. that movie definitely like spoon feeds you Mm. what's happening and i think disney movies which include now marvel and star wars tend to do that because disney the disney company is towards a lower or a broader broader. audience i should say yeah i think i think lower is the wrong word i think broader yeah i was going with like kids well broader is in kids also yeah Yeah, i think they're trying to make stuff that appeals to every human being on the planet and there's something about that that i really respect because mm-hmm. I, as, a, hard as a songwriter like i want to make music that mm-hmm. appeals to everyone I, I don't feel that way about podcasting like this is a very niche very, thing yeah, like this specific is specific crowds yeah and that's part of like changing the name of this show to space nerds is like i think that the people who will like this show are space nerds mm-hmm. and hopefully the name will catch their attention yeah. um but like and firefly i think is very niche like yeah. the idea of like suffocating from running out of air in a ship stranded in the middle of nowhere in outer space. It's only gonna appeal to is so some appealing people. to me. You yeah. know, oh, like, me too. I was like, yeah. oh my god, what's gonna happen? Yeah, it. I just how is I it love gonna it. happen? Something about that I just love. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to describe that. Like how much I love that or why I love that. I don't know. I think that's that's part of why the podcast exists is because we're trying <laughs> we're to trying. express. We're trying so hard to like put it into words and, yeah. and discuss all the nuances and like the, the, the bits that make us feel the most, even right. if it's sad or, you know, concerned for the characters or... Um, I don't know, just warm fuzzies from watching my favorite episode again and again. Right. Yeah, I just want to feel, I want to feel like closer to the episode because Mm -hmm. I love it so much and podcasting allows me to kind of feel like I'm a part of it somehow, which is not true, but feels true. So that's close (laughs) enough to me. Like you can never, I can never be on Star Trek The Next Generation, but I can try really hard by talking about it. Definitely. All the time, you know, or like covering every episode of Firefly or Deep Space Nine allows me to, to know the show mm-hmm. in a deeper more way, in, more, intimately. more intimately. Yeah. For and sure. like doing it with other people mm-hmm. because you don't, you don't want to be intimate alone. It's not as much fun. <laughs> it's you know? more, we're social animals. It's more yeah. fun if you do it with friends. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, oh, that, that reminds me when we first put on the 
the episode and Ryan was in the room and he, and we have the option on the Blu-ray. He says, do you, are you playing the normal episode or are you playing the commentary? Yeah. And I was like, well, we're doing a podcast. We, we are, are the, the commentary. commentary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do love commentary on um, whenever I can get it. Like anytime a new movie comes out that I loved, I'm like, oh, look at the features and see if there's commentary. I want to hear people talk about it. Yeah. Um, that's always my favorite bonus feature is I want to get Man. the juicy details that maybe you don't hear about maybe weren't obvious or you know the director is like all right so here's what was going on but that didn't work so we tried a different thing and yeah that's that's my favorite it used to be my favorite and Mm -hmm. i've i have stopped engaging with it entirely oh because there was a couple of times where it really made me mad and kind Mm -hmm. of like either like what i was taking from it that i really liked was kind of contradicted by the creator Mm. Or the, or there was, like, something I didn't like in mm-hmm. the movie that they were talking about how good it was, and it made me question the rest of their choices. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of the big ones was Joss Whedon's commentary of Serenity, where I was so bothered by... Uh, I, I mean, I'm assuming everyone listening to this podcast has seen Serenity, but right. spoiler warning for Serenity. Yeah. Just um, in case. <laughs> if you're watching Firefly for the first time with us, this is a huge spoiler, so please yeah. skip ahead. Yep. Um, here we go. So, Wash dies in, in Serenity, mm-hmm. and Joss talks about why he did it on the commentary. And we've even talked about this on the podcast before, yeah. so hopefully I said spoiler warning that time, too. Right. But um, <laughs> he says on the commentary that his intention behind killing Wash was to make the audience feel like anyone could die. Mm-hmm. And to me, what happened was, like, he killed Wash in a way that, like, felt manipulative it uh, felt it didn't feel like you didn't feel true to the story for right you? it didn't feel true to the story to me okay. it felt like kind of like i was being manipulated mm. and the whole last part of that movie felt like i was being manipulated like none of it felt real to me it just felt like this weird fever dream pretty over the top yeah i mean compared to the show they right. had to raise the stakes so high and like there had to be literal life and death consequences for them yeah. to wrap up the story the way that yeah and it was so them. out of tone with the yeah. show that yeah. it all just like instead of making me more worried that other people were going to die, it mm-hmm. made me stop caring about uh, what was going to happen. Yeah, and it You're really like, well, I'm dead now because yeah, I killed someone. Well, like you killed my favorite character for like a silly reason mm. is how I felt. Okay. I mean, I and I'm not against killing my favorite character. Like I feel like there's a mm. time and a place for that that can be really powerful. Right. But but more importantly than that, I feel like examining character is what I love so much about shows like this and and like tv like this and movies and whatever okay and if you kill a character that you're examining it can take all the wind out of the sails of the show like Mm -hmm. i think walking dead is a good example where um in the i read the comics and in the very first issue uh robert kirkman the uh, the writer of the robert of the the robert dead of the walking (laughs) dead wrote an essay about how like this is rick grimes story and mm. like we are going to follow Rick Grimes, yeah. go through this journey mm-hmm. and experience this with him. Right. And if you kill Rick Grimes in the middle, the story the story's over. over. Right. 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 And like the way the comic book goes, it I mean it follows that rule mm-hmm. where the show doesn't because the actor mm-hmm. wanted to leave and like they don't even kill him; they just kind of remove him from the show. And I tried to watch I that s- season, I but it was watching before that. But I know yeah, I know I all mean, about it. Like yeah, it, yeah. It, Walking Dead got so boring. I stopped on third season, I think, when they were. I think it was the prison season. Yeah, I loved season three. I loved it. Was it was interesting, but I just I I, don't know, I, I hear you. Like, it's exhausting. Like yeah, I just don't 
care yeah. about any of the people anymore. So <laughs> Yeah, I recently tried to watch the one that just hit Netflix, which is Rick's last season, mm-hmm. and I watched his last episode, yeah. and I ca- I fast-forwarded stuff because it was oh, so boring. Wow. Yeah. I was shocked. That's being over it. I was shocked. It was so boring. Wow. And I just, I tried to watch the next episode, mm-hmm. and it was so boring, and wow. I just stopped. I couldn't anymore. That's so walking, I'm, I guess I'm done with The Walking Dead, which sucks because yeah. I, I hung on for years. Mm-hmm. But it's a show about exploring character and Rick is the main character. Right. And then when he was gone, like even one episode of trying to explore other characters felt so forced. Yeah, and- that's missing, I don't know, the, the whole perspective of the show up to that point was if it's if centered on one character, yeah. you can't remove that character without destroying the whole storyline yeah and i also watched the show before i watched the movie and i know that people who watch it the other way around have a different experience oh yeah from what i've heard there yeah there are people who saw the movie first and all the people i know that saw the movie first love the movie mm-hmm. and then loved the show yeah so it seems like a better way to go even though it's not how it was made you know yeah uh, yeah i mean maybe if, i mean if i know you love you, the movie i don't want to like I, bag I don't, on it. yeah i don't know if i i i treat it as a separate entity entirely from the show i'm able to like separate church and state so that they each have their merits um because they are completely different beasts they are yeah and that's probably the better way to be yeah and i'm excited to watch it again because i haven't watched it in years um but but yeah i mean like episodes like out of gas are the reason why i get so like grumpy about that is because Mm -hmm. the family dynamic that they've built is so precious to Mm -hmm. me and so rare i mean you've never seen anything like it on tv and it's so incredible this is also the episode that really um celebrates the ship as like the 10th character oh absolutely so i mean yeah we're getting the origin story and the backstory on all these other crew members but really it's the origin story of the ship yeah and mal's relationship with the ship yeah totally and i love that type of shit like i feel this connection i've always felt a connection to inanimate objects my whole Mm. life oh me too uh i think when i was a kid and like i didn't even know what animism was which where you believe Mm. that like inanimate objects have like spirit to them or just like i would always apologize to like if i bump into a wall i'm like oh sorry wall yeah (laughs) i didn't mean to hit you sorry about that yeah Uh, but it's like i don't know it's it's nice to imbue more meaning into things that matter like your ship yeah like this is your home you give it a little bit more uh depth that way yeah i feel like something like a childhood stuffed animal i feel like you actually put life into it like your own yeah like chi or life force right, or whatever right, you put like, into Mal, it you're like bleeding into it you're like yeah take my life essence yeah and you create it um and give it a life of its own yeah like my my friend gave me a prop phaser that was used on the next generation for like a background extra <gasps> that's awesome and the moment i saw it the moment mm-hmm. he handed it to me yeah. i felt like this this wave of of intensity came mm. over me because I could feel where it had been. Yeah. Like he didn't tell me what it was. He just handed this thing to me and it's like, it looks like a little piece of shit. It's like the paint's <laughs> all coming off. It was, but it was like imbued. Yeah. It was like, like imbued with power because power it was, history it was there, force. you know, yeah. it was there when my favorite show was made Yeah, and it was on set or yeah. like, even if it, even if it never ended up on screen, it was there, but it was part of the process of yeah. making a show. Yeah. yeah. 
And I just, I mean, I, you know, I grew up just loving the Enterprise D and always mm. wanting to walk the decks of it. Yeah. And not until Firefly did I feel that intense of a connection to a ship, mm. uh, to like a spaceship. And spaceships, I just, I love spaceships, obviously. Yeah, great. Um, yeah and, so the, and Firefly is so, or Serenity is so detailed and just so cool. Like mm-hmm. every, every room is amazing. The detail that they put into it, just like looking at, Kaylee's uh, sign on her room with like the little painted flowers and yeah. things or like how each room has its own uh, tone scheme right um, where like the infirmary is very blue and like mm-hmm. sterile and the, the engine room is warm and reddish orange and it's like right. it's alive it's like a fire it's like right. that's the heart of the ship totally you know it's it's um, it's homey yeah and I, I had been building that relationship with Serenity throughout mm-hmm. the first half of the season and then to have a whole episode about the captain of the ship feeling that way mm. like really gets me really really hits home yeah. yeah and the fact that you've, you've been hearing this for me like one of the strokes of genius of this episode if not the most brilliant thing about this episode is that you're hearing this salesman's voice throughout the episode <laughs> of like you, this ship will be with you until you die yeah, right and the then at the very of like... yeah at the very <laughs> end of the episode you find out that that guy was talking about a different ship mm-hmm. and that mal was looking across this he junkyard and sees those... serenity and yeah. he just falls in love it's like yeah. love at first sight totally. and that line wasn't even about that ship at all right. he didn't need someone to sell him serenity right he knew all on his own when someone else was like trying to give him the works and like the the used car salesman pitch um he didn't need anyone to sell him the ship he right. he knew instantaneously this is home yeah and i that's how i operate like when i'm trying to buy a guitar for mm-hmm. example like yeah. it, i will put my hands on a guitar and know it's the guitar that i need and uh and I f- and like you, you using, can feel it. Yeah, like, I mean, it guitar, either feels right or it doesn't yeah. feel right. Yeah, I mean that is my instrument. Well, mm. one of many that I use. Yeah. I mean, now I'm doing synthesizers more than anything <laughs> else. But yeah. um, I just like like the ship is his instrument. You know, his instrument mm. of freedom. Right. And that's kind of what a musical instrument is for me. It's like my way to express like something that I need to express. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the ship is to him. He needs to live his life this way. Yeah. And his ship is his instrument to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's, and I, I love thinking about like, is it the ship itself or is it like what it represents to him? That's most important to him. Is it like what he's put into it? that That's most important no. to him. Or is it the actual ship? Like, I think it's, I think maybe both. I, I don't know. It's definitely both. Cause he's kind of a little bit more physical with the ship this time. You see him like padding pipes and like (laughs) stroking a wall or just like really settling down into the pilot's chair um towards the end when he gets that blanket like he's really a lot more um interactive with the physical ship but it's it's both he he realizes that without this tool he can't live the way that he would like to live right but he's also made it he's chosen to make this particular place um, mean the most in his life yeah it's a, it's a choice <laughs> yeah and then on top of that he he is the same about the people that he populates the ship with right he's very careful about who he lets onto his ship yeah and even though there's like occasional needs for passengers right um, but they don't get to stay if right. they don't 
mean something. Yeah, and like he, the look that he gets in his eye when he meets Kaylee and mm-hmm. realizes that he's yeah. hired the wrong mechanic, yeah. but he's found the replacement. But he knows when he sees Kaylee, it's like instantaneous. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you can just see on his face like that same look that he has when he sees Serenity for the first time. Yeah, he lights up. He's like, this This is, this is it. Like, mm-hmm. He's very intuitive, like very instinctual. And I... I've always been this, or at least thought of myself this way, and who knows how I actually am, but I've always thought of myself as someone where, like, when I meet certain people or experience certain things for the first time, I can just, like, tell that it is the thing, you know? Like, this is it. This is, like, the first time I ever played Mario, I was at, (laughs) I was at the orthodontist office. I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd never touched a Nintendo before, but... My parents were like having a meeting about getting my sister and I's teeth fixed, uh, and like he's, and then we just sat down at the Nintendo, and I was just like, "This is it! Yeah, like this is what I've been waiting for." Life can begin now. Yeah, and like look at me now, you know, yeah. I'm like, yeah, playing Mario on the internet for people for money. Uh, all because of that moment, like, what? well, it's not for money; it's for joy. But it's sometimes, for, yeah. sometimes yeah. people don't. I still am shocked that I make money doing that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like that, that's brought in more money than any of my other creative endeavors. Mm-hmm. Which well, is it still speaks shocking to people. To me. Like people enjoy it, and you can enjoy a game even if it's vicariously through someone else playing it. It's like, man, I really want to see all this crazy Mario Maker stuff that I can't do myself. But yeah. like, someone can provide that. You're you're helping them achieve. I don't know, vicarious jollies. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about having control over something that I love mm-hmm. that is like really potent to me and it makes me think of like mal and his ship also it's like being being able to push a button that makes something happen that i want to have happen and have control over that is Mm -hmm. so deeply satisfying definitely and like the also i like the music the (laughs) graphics and all that um but yeah so all all of the flashbacks in this are so good i mean let's let's break it down so the first one was zoe Mm -hmm. being introduced to serenity yeah zoe which we've talked about a little bit for the first time um, and it's fucking hilarious. Like, the yeah. dialogue in this episode is so funny. <laughs> a lot of the um, funny stuff that people, like, when they meet Joss Whedon and they quote to him, he, he says he gets, not, like, actually mad, but he gets a little, like, bummed because it's like, well, Tim wrote that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even my line, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a, a lot of really good quotables come from this episode. Yeah. Um, it's just, like, the whole thing. <sighs> <laughs> What's the next flashback? Is it Wash? Uh, yeah. So Watch with his mustache. The mustache. It tells you so much about him. And the fact that Zoe just gets a weird vibe from him, I I love. And they're really driving home that she doesn't like him at first. And she's like, "Mm, I don't know. It's it's something. And then we never see the mustache again. So we can infer. But, uh, (laughs) it's, uh, it's a great moment. One of the gag reels has, um... Uh, Zoe and and Mal in fake mustaches too. Oh really? So they they cut over to them and they're both just standing there in the mustaches. I've never seen that. Oh yeah, we'll have to go through like do an episode on bonus features or That's things. It's amazing, great. But yeah. um, another point about that particular flashback, uh, Shauna Terpsik, the costume designer, has said that she worked in the uh, leather kind of choker thing that Zoe wears as a commitment piece um that represents her marriage to wash so like a wedding ring mm-hmm. or something like that but she's wearing it in the flashback oh <laughs> so apparently they didn't get the memo or whatever 
uh, when they were filming that scene that she had kind of given it this whole backstory and this like greater oh, meaning. Oh, that's a bummer. Uh, and and she was still wearing it in that in that when she meets uh, Wash. Yeah, so. that's interesting. Continuity. That's something that like no one would ever really pick up on unless yeah. unless you watch the commentary. Unless you're getting <laughs> scraping all those details. From yeah, the, from the commentary. That's interesting. Yeah. And then they show Bester, the mechan- the original mechanic yeah. of the ship. Uh, she's like, we already got a genius mechanic. And mm-hmm. then... Yeah, the, like, like, oh, and then they pan over before. to him and we're like, oh, we're, this is going to be where Kaylee walks in. Right. Not quite. Right. And then we, when we do meet Kaylee... <laughs> that's it's quite an so, introduction. That's an amazing scene where yep. she's like having sex with Bester by the engine because yeah. he's like, yeah, engines get her hot. Right. And she has this amazing line of like, oh, I could tell when I was on my on back my over there. <laughs> Which it tells you everything you need to know about Kaylee. She's very um, hands-on, very physical person. Yeah. Uh, not just with her job, but like who she is. And like, she's not embarrassed that she's yeah. having sex and Matt walks in on them. She's like, oh, hey, yeah, how's it going? Yeah, it's. Uh, I really love that scene because she's yeah. like... um so innocent yeah but also like like her own woman right like, I, I really like i really like how that sets her up yeah. i really do i don't know yeah it introduces the fact that she has a family yeah and, and she did like want to go and ask them before leaving the planet forever but yeah. um yeah she um <sighs> She she's very carefree and doesn't really care so much about what other people think. But also at the same time, she's also really trying to please Mal. Like he, it really brings in his leadership skills because throughout the episode, while there's this giant mechanical failure and she feels the guilt of like not keeping things running um, for him, you know, and, mm-hmm. and yes, for the I was going to bring that up. Yeah. She's like devastated by this thing that she takes really personally as her own fault. But even though we know that she's warned him several times about it. So it's, right. it's not her fault. It's not her fault. But, yeah. and I was thinking about that during her flashback when she like takes a piece of the ship out mm-hmm. and bypasses it. And uh, Bester's like, don't we need that? And and then I'm like, thinking, well, what is what did? like is what she's doing to the ship, like yeah. is her way around things, is mm-hmm. that what caused it to explode? Interesting. <laughs> I never thought about it that way. Like what if it really was there for the purpose of like protecting the port compression coil? Maybe. Like yeah, and this knows? is what led to it failing. But you're right that she had been warning him about that. Yeah. I think that I don't think the show wants us to think that she is at fault. No. I, I think that the show wants us to trust her as a competent mechanic. Yes. And Everyone says that Serenity's a piece of shit, but she keeps it flying. She so keeps she's it obviously flying. talented. She's got skills. Yeah. Mm. We also meet Anara. <laughs> and I I that's a really great scene mm-hmm. where she's like renting this shuttle from Mal. Yeah. And I love that you can tell that she's using her companion techniques on Mal. Oh, she's working. Mal. Yeah, yeah, she's working so hard yeah. <laughs> to like get not just get the shuttle, but get it at a, at a reduced at a rate, discounted rental. Yeah, right. Um, I always feel like so when she's she's talking to Simon and she says, "I've loved this ship from the moment I saw it." Hmm. I've always thought that her intro, her flashback, is not the first moment that she saw it, and hmm. I would like to do a deeper dive on like. Maybe there's going to be a comic that, or maybe it's in one of the books that I haven't read yet of where she sees the ship, maybe like it's doing a job or something. And then she finds a way to like track it back down and like insinuate herself into the... Interesting. I like it. I I feel like there's more in that comment of, yeah, loved it since the moment I first saw it. 
Yeah, that's interesting. There's got to be a deeper like I like origin. That. Yeah, and then it also makes me wonder if like like when when because we know mostly from the comics um, and stuff that's very heavily implied in the show that she's attracted to Mal. Oh yeah. Um, but we see that They've more more explicitly in the comic books. Yeah. Um, like when did that? happen for her you know right like, was that like a right see, away thing or did she see the ship first maybe she saw mal first yeah. maybe they like bumped into each other or something or she saw him doing something i don't know and it was like i gotta find out more about this yeah and like what like, what attracted her yeah. to that but it's just that line about like i will not be servicing you or any of your crew <laughs> it's so interesting i mean though yeah. i actually really like how the show treats companions how mm-hmm. like mal calls it. her a whore a couple times mm-hmm. but and she's like, I mean, well, I mean, once in this episode, and she says, that's the last time you're allowed to call me that. But And we've seen her, we've seen him use that word around her already. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to get in the way of your whoring or whatever it is that he says. Oh, yeah. Like, but, he, he digs it in whenever possible. Yeah. And they sort of have this, like, joking banter relationship. But um, yeah. it, it is hurtful to her. Yeah. And um, she's a respected, um, like, high high-ranking kind of yeah. position in society. That in people, Alliance society. In Alliance society. Right. But, but even on um, border planets, people sure. are kind of in awe of her when she walks right. by because it's like... She's a fine lady. <laughs> she's Yeah, she's, um, I don't know, just kind of, not just lux in person, but like also in esteem. Yeah. I actually really like the idea of, of that existing. Like, the, mm-hmm. like this these like fine uh like refined i guess is a better word like these yeah. refined um highly cultured. trained cultured women yeah. who like are sought after because mm-hmm. they provide this service that is like needed right. i mean i the idea of like villainizing uh that the way that we do in our society like yeah. why we don't need to do that right they've you know? gotten to a point where there doesn't necessarily need to be you know, slut shaming or, or right. whatever, but clearly some people are still trying to do that and like well, drag, drag them. Well, he's yeah. doing it, but yeah. almost in like a kindergartner, like I've got a crush on you, so I'm gonna make fun of you kind of way. But he's he's made it clear in fa- various points that it's her job that he doesn't like. He's mm-hmm. he takes issue with that life, yeah, choice. I because guess. he's old fashioned. Like he's, he is, yeah. He's very old fashioned. Yeah. And it's interesting to think about like the society has moved beyond that. And mm. to, for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. But yeah. there are still people who don't feel that way. I mean, yeah. you know, whoring is referred to as the world's <laughs> no. oldest profession uh, in no. our society. Mm-hmm. Um, but there have been times and places where women have achieved status mm. through that. No, definitely. Um, like but, courtesans and. Yeah, things. absolutely. Yeah. It almost makes me wonder, though, because we see at the very beginning that Mal was raised very religious. Right. And it makes me wonder if that outlook for him, that mentality against companions, is rooted in the Christian kind of shaming of Mary Magdalene kind of uh, mentality. Yeah. And it makes you question, like, where does that come from in our society? Because, like, I mean, why are we shaming people for wanting to take pleasure the way that we all do you know like we all do it yeah or and if we don't we want to so well definitely religion has uh has its hand in that pot for many centuries but uh, you're right 
there was also just like the fact that women used to be property, you know, so it was sure. like a territorial thing. So it's like if your woman is out with other people, then you don't own your property and then it's like people stealing from you. And it's like, mm, yeah, whatever. And there's the whole <laughs> thing of like women sleeping with multiple partners. They're a slut. And if a man does it, he's. Mm-hmm. Congratulated, He's like a potent, like virile specimen of the species, right? You know, like, really? right? And it was just such bullshit. So anyway, I just interesting yeah, it's in a science fiction world in the future to change the societal relationship with the world's oldest profession. I I mm-hmm. actually really like how the show explores that. Yeah, I I really appreciate that it's um, uh, respected. Yeah, um, I think that's a cool touch. Yeah, and I you know. I've always felt that way, and I still feel that way, too. <laughs> yeah, that, nothing has changed there for me. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that all the... Fla- did we cover all the flashbacks? No, they did Jane. Also. Oh, Jane, yes. Yeah. That is a great one. I love that one. Yeah, where, like, Mal, Mal and Zoe are being held up by Jane and his cohorts, mm-hmm. and Mal Marco basically... And unnamed, like, mustache guy. <laughs> yeah. Mal basically talks Jane into into changing sides. Mm-hmm. And then Jane joins the crew. Yeah. Because, like, again, because Mal gets that look in his eye, like, you have something that would work here. Mm -hmm. And I think that not only will it get me out of this situation, but I think that we could use you. Um, But also sets up the fact that Mal never trusts Jane. Oh, yeah. Because, like, this is how they meet. Yeah. They meet with Jane betraying Mm -hmm. his old crew. And isn't it, like, the very next episode where that comes up again? Is the next one Ariel? Ariel, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And then they dive a little deeper into that lack yeah, of trust. Which I love. I yeah. love the next one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a really, really great flashback. And it's really funny, too. There's so many, there's so much good humor in this episode. One of my favorite moments is when Mal and Jane are going to say goodbye in the, in the present know. day stuff. And, like, Jane doesn't say anything yeah. and then just, like, walks He's away. Like, uh, it's so well, good. And then he turns yeah. and walks. I, I do love um, how they explore how people react in an emergency situation. Like, yeah. Jane is actually very, um, like, down to earth, very pragmatic. He's, mm-hmm. like, he comes in and he breaks up a fight between Mal and Wash on the cockpit earlier because he's like, hey, can't be fighting right now. What are you? T- what are you doing? You're right. gonna use up all the air. Right. It's like he's very um, practical, and it's like, well, we're about to die. There's no point in giving a long goodbye. He's just like, oh, and he just walks away. Yeah. <laughs> and like, Mal turns into like heartless. Let's get the job done. Just trying to save everyone's life. He like doesn't. Yeah. He he will not give wash time to sit by his wife's side right, when she might be dying. He's like, we gotta get. If we don't get no the ship get fixed, we're all dead, and she's right. dead too. So like. Right. You can't, like, he strong arms him into leaving the infirmary. Um, and it's so cool that that tension kind of fizzles off screen um, because mm-hmm. the next time we see Wash, he's almost like apologetic to yeah, Mal. He, he's got kind of like uh, like two dogs that get in a fight, and then, and then the one that loses the fight is kind of like a little more. Um, uh, he's like bowed. But yeah, cowed that, but yeah, ca- yeah, cowed, like, kind of. Uh, hang dog you yeah. know like ap- apologetic and respectful of mal and it's like yeah. hey, whatever you say man it's like you're clearly the captain and i'm just gonna have to do what you say because you won the fight <laughs> yeah yeah the only thing that the only thing in this whole episode that i wish was different was that i don't like zoe being sidelined during the crisis because a practical reason oh was it yeah she was on her honeymoon with Lawrence fishburne <laughs> she 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 had to be off screen for That's most of great. it yeah well the stuff of her in the flashbacks is is so good that it kind of 
softens that blow. Yeah. It, it gives a little bit more. And now that actually makes me feel a lot better okay. about it. Yeah. They, yeah. they ha- basically the reason why this episode exists is because she had to go away for a couple of weeks at, or for, for longer than a normal shooting yeah. for an episode. Yeah. And uh, they had to give her little snippets and then she was gone while the rest of the crew was filming their stuff. That's great. Yeah. And she is amazing in those flashbacks. I mean, what a great actress. I, yeah. I really feel like there's not enough Zoe in Firefly. Gina like, Torres is amazing. She is her. amazing. Yeah, I feel like I, um, I connect with her character the most. It's like the person who gets stuff done, the person who doesn't need to like talk quite as much or make right. a- as much of a scene. It's like she's there to support the captain, and she's got this loyalty, and she just gets shit done yeah she's a badass woman so who badass. just gets it done and i love her not that i'm trying to like say that i'm badass or anything but i i connect with like her mentality of just like i'm here i'm gonna get things finished and then i'm gonna go on to the next thing yeah like i'm not here to wax whatever right. or or make a big scene or like look at me in the spotlight and it's just like get it done yeah move on to the next well thing. you are that way i mean you and i met because we worked together yeah years ago and you would always just do everything and then just and not even like tell us that you were doing everything. Whereas <laughs> well, like the rest of us, they're like, "Oh, I did all this work. Look uh, at everything I've done." And like yeah. you're just like, uh, "Whatever, you know, yeah. I'm just doing my job." Well, I feel like that's kind of part of the the system. Like to bring it back earlier to like the way that certain jobs are set up these days is you have to like if you're working for commission or you're trying to mm-hmm. meet a quota or you're in sales or whatever like you have to be like look at all the things that i did and i'm sure. gonna look at all the achievements you know and whereas hospitality um you're more trained to not be in the limelight for the most part it's like yeah. you are there to serve others needs yeah which is funny because serve their needs and get out of the way <laughs> you because we both worked in the same office but yeah i was working for a commission and you yeah. weren't yeah it's like you I were the was, concierge and i was the leasing agent i was there just to make sure that things were running smoothly yeah and to help however i could and yeah. if there was something that needed to be done do it and then you know yeah what's next <laughs> and yeah totally and you know that's funny because that job reminded me of like we were on this like small team we were a pretty close team mm-hmm. um like and a crew of a spaceship exact that's where i'm going <laughs> it's like it kind of felt like we were like a crew yeah. you know mm-hmm. and like that's something that makes it much more tolerable for me to go to work every day yeah, yeah. uh is to feel like i'm a part of something with other There's people that i care about meaning and yeah. purpose although by the time that that building was we were done there i was like fuck this job yeah. well it got taken over by a totally different management yeah. team and they just like came in and were like all right are you staying or are we booting you out and yeah i was like eh. well and also like the building was falling apart and we were all just kind of not we were all just done with it yeah it was a brand new building and it was like style over substance yeah. paul hollywood would have hated it so to, to tie it in with the episode with inara's scene um where she's like i prefer something with a few miles on it i feel the same way about a place that i live like the, yeah the house that i just moved into now it's got um, some miles it's, you said it was like 100 years old it's like 100 years old it's and it's got you know it's got some miles on it and not yeah. everything is sleek and shiny and perfect but it's got character it's yeah. got you know some some history to it and i really like that yeah like man <laughs> uh, this is something that 
I have I struggle with because that's how I am, but I'm also like deathly allergic to old things. Yeah. So I end up having to live in you newer have places. To be in a newer place, and that's yeah. you know that's okay. You yeah. Can... And that's a compromise that I've made. I made years ago. I was. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I can't live in because I lived in an old building and I got yeah. really sick and it started to kill you. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like since I've lived in Seattle, which has been for about a decade, I've only lived in brand new places. Mm-hmm. Right, this place that we're in now is about uh, ten years old, which is like the oldest place that mm-hmm. i've lived in in a while which is pretty damn new you know yeah. i mean this is a i love this place but but this place also has a lot of character i mean we andy and i, I found like this place found a place with yeah. character yeah. which is harder harder in cutter, even though it looks like it's in a row of you know similar kind of yeah um residences but you get inside and it's like oh man yeah there's cute little nooks here and it goes up yeah. and it goes down <laughs> and there's yeah. like a little backyard area it's it's nice it's got yeah, like character it. and soul but yeah, your your place, the mo- I walked, I mean, today I saw it for the first time and I was like, this is really cool. Yeah, like, we fell in love with it. We didn't yeah. necessarily want, we moved like a year ago into a place in Wallingford that was surprisingly close to you. Yeah. Uh, and it was fine. Yeah. But it had no character mm-hmm. at all. And it was, it was just fine. It was just a place that we lived yeah. and the cat hated it. So that kind of sold it for us. It's like, well, when our lease is up, <laughs> we're going to move. Stormageddon's like, I don't like it here. So, well, yeah, it was on a really heavy bus route. And so uh, the buses would freak him out. Um, yeah. And so he just never really uh, settled in the way we wanted him to. And right. So when this other place came up and it was conveniently right as our lease at the other place was uh, ending, we're like, well, let's just pack pack everything up again and let's go. Because it's been night and day being mm. at this new place versus the previous one. Nice. It, you're probably, you're, I'd imagine you guys good. are going to be there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. At least a few years, preferably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our lease is up here in a few months and we're, mm-hmm. do we still have no idea if we're going to stay or go? It's a hard decision. Yeah. Like packing up your whole life. That's the nice thing about living on a spaceship. Like wherever you go. It goes you're, with you. You're still home. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, that's Ugh. the appeal of that lifestyle for Miles. I want it. He's always home. I want to live on a spaceship. Me too. I just... I would never live on a boat, it. but I would live on a spaceship. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's it's so interesting because, like, this episode's about, like, about, like, they live they live that lifestyle because they love it. Yeah. But then it can kill you at a moment's notice. Like It can... The environment is very hostile. Yeah. Um, like, you're, you're traveling around in this manufactured safe environment. Yeah. And there's no safety if, if anything goes wrong. between you and death is some metal. Yeah. <laughs> that hopefully is working the way it's intended. Yeah. But there's something about that that I still want. Because mm-hmm. it is the ultimate freedom to just, like, fly through the galaxy. Oh, yeah. That's the dream. Yeah. Right just go wherever you want. Okay. What ship would you most want to live on? Is there a choice here? Let's or is get it let's get our free options. For all? Okay. So what do we got? Fi- obviously Serenity, Serenity, Enterprise D. We got to put uh, in there. Millennium Falcon. Millennium Falcon. Uh-huh. I'm gonna throw in the TARDIS. Oh, oh my God, the TARDIS. Right. Oh. The TARDIS complicates matters. Because then you cannot just go anywhere in space. You can also go anywhere in time. Yeah, the Wave Rider from Legends of Tomorrow. Mm, it's a great I've ship. That. Um, what else? Uh, those are the five that those like, are the main ones well i, I mean the wave like rider the... let's just discount it because you haven't seen it and yeah. i feel like it's great right. but i don't want to live on it okay. so let's just get rid of yeah, that yeah I, I have no reference for it so I don't yeah know. those i, I mean, would those have four. to say 
the TARDIS would probably be amazing. There's, yeah. first of all, there's a library. Yeah. <laughs> we know that there's so many extra rooms that have not been explored on screen just because right. of, you know, budget constraints or whatever. But it can be just about anything that you want it to be. It changes every time the Doctor regenerates. It regenerates right. with him, basically. Right. And uh, it, it caters itself to the occupants. So I, I think I'd have to go with Tardis. Yeah, this is a really hard question. But Serenity would also be amazing. If given yeah. that opportunity, I would absolutely go live a life of crime and and live on Serenity. Yeah, and we get, we can't forget about the holodeck on the Enterprise. Oh, yeah. Because Well, yeah, that can be anything you need it to be too. So Yeah. That's, and that's just that's such hard. a nice, beautiful, clean ship. Yeah. But I my first instinct is is also the Tardis because yeah. Be- because like <laughs> I love I love change. I'm someone mm-hmm. who like thrives on change, mm-hmm. and yeah, and also like the TARDIS is alive. It is. It is alive, yeah. and we've seen it in just throughout the show, but also specifically the episode that Neil Gaiman wrote. Right, uh, that uh, the, one of my favorite the episodes Doctor's ever. Wife, I incredible think is the episode. Name of the episode. It's yeah, where so good. where the TARDIS is personified. Yeah, and, and the actress did an incredible job. She did. Um, and she's like in love with the doctor, and he's in love with her. Right? They the, have a uh, relationship. It's, it's fucking wonderful. It's great. Traveling. Oh man, Moya is also a good one from Farscape. Oh, Moya, Farscape that's a good either. ship. But like, yeah, well, maybe I've seen a couple episodes, but not like anything that really delved into the yeah. like, the workings of the ship. Yeah, it's interesting. Like watching Stargate, one of the things that I really missed was a ship. Because there's like you you're they're in this like yeah. bunker underground, yeah. but I did love that bunker. You know that was great too. Yeah. I mean, even though we only saw like the same couple of rooms over and over sure. again, it was. But then, like uh, Stargate Universe, they did have a ship, and that I ship love was Stargate awesome. Stargate Universe, Ugh. partially because they were on a ship. I love that show. Uh, there was ugh, I need more of that show. We need more. I know. Yeah. I I mean, it was heartbreaking that it ended after two years, but mm. they were. Wonderful, but again, kind of like Firefly, because it was so short, right. it was um, it made it that much more precious. Absolutely, and I I feel like I feel the preciousness of Firefly the most in mm-hmm. Out of Gas because yeah. the family and the ship are all in so much danger, yeah. and it could all come crashing down, and it all like survives by this thin thread of luck, mm-hmm. where. And and not even just luck. Like I mean, one of the big turning points of this episode is that the crew comes back. Like they all right. leave on their shuttles. There's four per shuttle, and they but go then in opposite they directions. Can't stay away. Well, I think what goes kind of un. Well, I mean, it's pretty much confirmed that like Zoe had been knocked out mm-hmm. uh, in the big explosion in the beginning, and then when she wakes up, she forces them to turn around. Yeah, she's like, "We're not leaving. We're not leaving him. We're not like, leaving him. We're not leaving the ship. Right? <laughs> like, if so, we're all going down, we're going down on the ship. <laughs> right? And I love that he fixes the ship with his last energy after mm-hmm. like stabbing himself with the pure adrenaline yeah. just to get there, right. and then can't get back to the bridge to push the button to recall everyone. Mm. So he barely stays alive because he gets the oxygen working again. Mm. Uh, even though he's got this like gunshot wound to the gut I from know, these like pirates that tried to steal his ship. The whole ship. Yeah. And then, but then he would have died had they not come back. He would have died with oxygen running because of that gunshot wound. Yeah. If Zoe hadn't insisted that they go back and like the look on Wash's face when he's like, did I recall you guys? And he's like, no, you didn't. The look on Wash's face is like kind of heartbreaking. It, it kills it really. Like yeah. everybody is just a hundred percent in this episode, yeah. even if they're barely in it. You know, like yeah. River does not have a whole lot 
in this and she was there oh, the yeah, whole time. Right. She only has a few lines in this. Yeah. She talks about the fire. And her birthday. And, and, or no, and, and Simon's birth- birthday. She has one He's of like, the best it's lines It's not there. relevant. Oh, yeah, it's, it's so good. Uh, I didn't, time I didn't get you anything. Mode. Yeah. <laughs> it's so right. good. She's like talking yeah. about like all this random nonsense yeah. about how it doesn't matter. It's so It's not relevant. Yeah. And then she's like, I didn't get you anything. Yeah. It's so <laughs> funny. Yeah. That's clearly how her brain works. Yeah. There was some, there was one line that like really got me in this episode my favorite funny line, and I can't remember it now. Mm. I laughed for a while. Do you remember when I laughed for a long time? <laughs> Is it Jane? Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. There was um, one of my favorite lines in the entire series, and it's not funny. It's it's kind of sad and deep um, when Anara and Mal are talking to each other on her shuttle, and she's like, you don't have to die alone. Mm. And then he comes back with, everybody dies alone. Yeah. It's so deep and you're just like oh god it's so true like everybody even if you're surrounded by people when you go it's a it's a one person experience like yeah you're going through this by yourself <laughs> yeah no one else in the room is dying yeah you die unless unless everyone else in the terms. room is dying but you know but even even then it's like it's a uh, there's a there's another line in the dresden files um where it's like death is a door exactly wide enough for one person only Mm, one person can fit through at a time yeah like so let's let's say for example when you die your soul for lack of a better word goes somewhere Mm -hmm. let's say that that is what happens right nobody knows right um but let's say that's what happens like that is a singular journey that you take alone exactly yeah you you might be dying with a hundred other people or maybe it's a battlefield in war or something and everybody's dying, but but you experience it. That moment is only experienced by one person at right. one time, and it's different for each person. This is why the end of Lost was bullshit. Oh, I know about Lost, but oh. I stopped watching that too because I was just like, don't eh, do it's it. not don't, doing it for Don't me. watch it. <laughs> the first couple years of Lost are just about as good as TV gets, and it's such a tragedy that... Mm. It went so poorly towards the end. Oh, no. um, but I do feel like Damon Lindelof has redeemed himself with Watchmen because Watchmen is amazing. Oh, you watched it too? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh good. Okay, I was Are just we talking t- about. We're Watchmen gonna do it. Anyway? Okay. Uh, let's right. get everyone because Doug and Alexandria also uh, Alexandria also both yes. watched it. So let's get all the space nerds let's together. Do it. Okay. I'm gonna. I'll send out a group text because okay. I really want to so talk about that. And I was stoked that it like part of it took place on another planet because mm. I'm like, yeah, now we yeah. can talk about it. Because uh, I was I was actually on the fence. Like, is this space nerdy enough? It is. I absolutely Europa space. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> I mean, I still feel like we're still kind of getting by with Black Mirror being space nerdy enough. But it Space-ish. feels it feels right to me. It's it's still definitely sci fi and space e at times. Yeah. There's at least one episode in space. Yes. And to me, 15 million merits felt like it was in space, even though it might have been underground. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that one could have definitely been on like a spaceship or a, a space station. Or yeah, something. or like, like they're powering like underground their... on Mars or yeah. something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's what I was imagining. Nice. Yeah, it's something about being in an enclosed environment with mm-hmm. other humans where like you can't get out of this environment mm-hmm. and the only thing that you have is each other. Yeah. Um, something about that kind of forces this deep level of human connection that mm-hmm. um, most people will never experience. Yeah. Um, which you I worked on a submarine. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's a really good example working mm-hmm. on a submarine or like, yeah. um, or like you work on the space station or something. Yeah, I mean, like 
yeah. very confined uh, quarters. Yeah. And uh, something about that, I think, brings people together. Like when you watch, <laughs> when you watch Love Island, <laughs> which you obviously didn't. I know um, of it. <laughs> yeah. Or like but, Survivor, which I always bring up. But yeah. I mean, you have these people that are that are choosing to live in an enclosed environment. Right. Like on a deserted island or in a, a beautiful yeah. villa where you can't leave. They're putting themselves into very extreme situations. Even if it's yeah. like paradise situation, it's still extreme being forced right. to stay that close to other human beings. Right. And uh, you hear stories from people, especially on Survivor, where they're like, man, 39 days, you know... By the like, imagine how many hours you spend with a person in a given day. Mm-hmm. Like you and I are hanging out doing this podcast today. We watched the right. show before. We're probably gonna spend like four hours together. Right? It, they're with each other twenty four hours a day. That's crazy. On, on these shows, yeah. um, these reality shows, where they're like not allowed to, where there's nowhere else to go. I mean, yeah. they're they're just there with each other twenty four hours a day. And even and, if they're and there's no TV, there's no yeah. like phones. There's, no there's just each other. So they get really, really close, really quick. Mm-hmm. And by the end of I, someone did the math, and I don't remember what it ended up being, but like, let's say you're together for 12 hours a day for 39 days. Yeah. Like, well, let's uh, even more than that. Let's let's say you sleep for eight hours a night, so you're together for like 14. What is that? 14 hours a day? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're definitely sleeping in Six, the presence 16. of other people is this not the same? Sure. Like you're you're very aware that there are other people around you. Yeah. As you sleep and as you wake up. What's what's 16 times 39? Oh, the, I got a phone. Hang on. Wait, let's do math. I'm going to stop and save real quick. <laughs> okay. Okay, so if you go all 39 days on Survivor, which only a few people do, mm-hmm. and you spend 16 hours a day together, how many how many hours is that? It's a lot. 624. 624 hours together. Yeah. And let's say that you, like, see if you hang out with a friend, um, like, what's an average amount that you'd hang out with a friend? I, I like four hours once a week is I think it depends maybe. on like um context like if you're seeing a friend in school for example right if you share a lot of classes together and you're like sitting next to each other or if sure. you're just like hanging out at a friend's house um it, or if you like have a friend at work maybe yeah. um context is really gonna yeah well let's let's say that change. you hang out with a friend for like a really close friend you see them maybe yeah like 10 hours a week. Okay. Does yeah, that yeah. sound reasonable? I believe that, yeah. So, so what's that number divided by 10? Um. So wait, what? So 624 divided, 624 by, divided 10 by 10 oh, okay. would be like so 62.4. Which is like six, 62 weeks, That's which is like a over lot. a year's worth of hanging out. Yeah. So yeah, they're basically like, That's they're crazy. spending so much time together. And it's like dedicated time. It's like you said, they don't have TV. They don't have right. phones. They no don't distractions. have distractions. So right. it's like, it's intense time. It's not yeah. just a lot of time. It's extra intense. Yeah. And like some of those people don't like each other and right. then they're just like stuck together. That's where the drama but comes in. <laughs> a lot of those people make build like lifelong relationships that, yeah. that still exist. So I don't know. I mean, human beings are, are fascinating to me. Just like the way that we interact and the way that we build community is mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah. And and I love I love science fiction that examines that. And I, I mm-hmm. feel like Firefly does a better job of that than most. Yeah, because it's really all about, um, I mean, the show at least, because they get to dive into the deeper moments uh, of character and what drives each each character and 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 how they interact in certain situations whereas um 
different media doesn't necessarily give the deeper dive on that just based on time constraints or right. um, other things. I don't know, plot plot devices that are necessary in movies versus TV. Right. But um, yeah. it's part of why the show is it means so much to everybody because it really totally. did that slow burn on things like this. Yeah, because if you think about like what happens in this episode, uh, they have an engine problem and they run out of oxygen mm-hmm. and then they leave the ship except for one person who gets boarded and yeah. has to deal with pirates, but then ends up fixing the ship <laughs> and everyone pirates. comes back. Like, that's the whole story. Yeah. But but inside of that, we have these incredible flashbacks. We have these moments of uh, people sitting together and mm. eating and celebrating together. Yeah. Um, and like, taking the time to really go deep on character stuff. Yeah. And they fill this whole 42 minutes with that. And it feel, it's such a rich experience. And I, I just love it so much. And like this is what I want for yeah. television, yeah. you know? This is exactly what the fans needed mm-hmm. um, to really, if they hadn't already, fall in love with the show. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of people had already gotten to that point. Um, but this, this really sold it for me. It was like, I am going to love this for the rest of my life. Right. <laughs> Just like this used car ship salesman is trying to get Mal yeah. to keep a piece of crap till the end of his days. Uh, it, this is it. I'm, I'm sold. Yeah. And it's the type of thing that makes you kind of look at your own life and like, where are the moments that really mean something to me? Mm-hmm. Like, and watching Mal go through that. Yeah. Well, all of these flashbacks can be interpreted as like that moment where your life flashes before your eyes when you're about to die. All the meaningful moments. Right. Sure. And Mal is going through all of these moments. And what are they? They're the moments when his crew and his chosen family comes together. Right. And he knows, like he, he recognizes there's that spark of, hmm. you're coming with us. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And yeah, not just that, but it serves the audience so well of like giving you backstory that you didn't know how much mm-hmm. you wanted. Yeah. Which is incredible. Crave it. Yeah. Like I love I love that the show starts with the crew already assembled. Yeah. But I, I love I love one of my favorite things on TV is like watching crews get assembled. Yeah. Like the very first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation is not very good. But you get to watch <laughs> the crew come together. Uh-huh. And that's so fun. That's so exciting. That's, that's great. I really love that. Do you, a bit of a tangent, do you watch Rick and Morty? Yeah, I do. Have you watched the most recent stuff? I haven't seen it yet. Okay, there is one episode that is sort of making fun of that whole premise, but it's it's a heist episode, and it's, it's, the whole episode is just like getting people together. Wow. (laughs) So they're kind of poking fun at it, at at the trope of like, oh, here's how we get the gang together. Yeah. Um, But it's, uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah, I actually held off on watching season three because I wanted to rewatch season two and just haven't gotten around to it. But mm. I really need to because now season four is out, isn't it? Yeah, this this one is season four. I um, loved season two so much. Yeah, I like that show has so much incredible mythology to mm. it. Like when I, we talk about like a show's mythology, like the actual right. lore of the show or like the and then like, the deep story of the show is so rich. Yeah, just, and it's so funny and so ridiculous and so gross <laughs> and. But it has huge sci-fi concepts. Oh, it does. And and that's and like, part of why it's got such a cult following is yeah. because it, you can dissect each episode and like all the commentary and the layers that are that are crammed into these little like what 20 minute episodes. Yeah. Um is is really amazing. Totally. I hated Rick and Morty the first time I saw it. 
Yeah. I feel like I saw one of the early episodes and all I got was this crude, like belching, yeah. drooling, like making fun of Doc Brown in right. uh, Back to the Future. And I was just like, everything about this repulses me. Yeah. <laughs> I do I not care about this. I don't understand why everyone's losing their minds. What's the appeal here? Uh, and then I saw a few more episodes because, um, you know, they're short. And it's like, whatever. Yeah. You can you bite size. You can uh, ingest a little bit more. But um, and then I saw the brilliance of some of them. Mm-hmm. And so now I... I give a pass on all the, uh, you know, potty humor. I guess yeah. <laughs> like the the belching and the whatever. I think that it it adds to the impact of the serious moments that the mm. show is so juvenile. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely um, like what is a plumbus? You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> like uh, nothing really matters because um, like there's these really intense like universe destroying moments right and then they're just flipping about it right um, there's a character so called bird person i know <laughs> i oh, the episode that made me fall in love with that show is really early in this first season the the me seeks episode mm, mm-hmm. where they have these like these characters mr me seeks who are yeah. there to just like do your bidding yeah but then it's like a genie <laughs> yeah but then the show kind of seems to question their sentience Mm-hmm. And I just love that. Yeah. Like I, I really, really loved that. Yeah. Because that's like the type of thing that I think about when I watch something like that mm-hmm. is like what do what do like what do these characters think and yeah. feel? And the show goes into that and, and uh They're almost like Black Mirror in that totally. respect. Yeah. Um, a lot yeah, more yeah, condensed yeah. and a lot more uh funny, but um really poking at society and technology and uh how things can and will go wrong. Totally. I love it. I really want to watch more. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I Sometimes when I really want to watch something, I wait. Mm. Like, exp- the new season of The Expanse, I'm still waiting because I, yeah. I, I fucking love that show so much, yeah. but I want to be 100% ready. Like, I want my mind to be clear and mm-hmm. to be like... Yeah. Like, emotionally prepared to yeah. watch this stuff. Yeah. I'm so deep in the Arrowverse right now. Mm-hmm. Like, Doug and I, yesterday, we just recorded uh, Arrowverse year five so mm-hmm. now i'm watching year six yeah. although this firefly episode will come out before then okay but uh but anyway <laughs> um and that's just like so much tv to watch at once and i'm really into mm-hmm. it and want to kind of give that my attention yeah. but and i just like don't have the mental capacity to put something else on top of that yeah you know? it's almost like uh like story monogamy <laughs> yeah. like when you feel yeah, yeah, yeah. so deeply for a story and you're you're so committed to it you only want to think about that one story yes and like there might be really good stuff elsewhere and there's really appealing things and ooh, i can't do over there but it's like yeah. you are dedicated you're loyal to this story right now absolutely yeah yeah and that's totally how i feel about the expanse mm-hmm. and i feel like i can't watch the expanse yeah. until i get through the arrowverse right right yeah. you gotta because i want to give it all my love and attention. Exactly. <laughs> well, man, I feel like I don't feel like I don't feel like I have expressed how much I love out of gas, but I feel like I've said everything I can think of to say. I feel like I'm not uh, equipped to really to express it in words. <laughs> yeah, I feel it's like one of those things where the episode is so good that any talk about the episode can't be as good as the episode. But mm-hmm. I feel I feel like I've, we've covered it well enough how, how are you feeling well, we got to rate it still but Pretty i feel like good. i know how it's gonna I go i feel like there was one more thing that when we were watching it i'm like oh don't forget to talk about that yeah um 
Yeah, and if there's ever anything that we don't say about anything that anyone listening wants us to talk about, yeah, you make can always we'll cover write it to again us. Later. Yeah, we will. We will. We'll circle back. Yeah, absolutely. And all the contact info is in the description of the podcast, or at the very end, I have this little thing that has all the stuff. Tells yeah. you where to go. <laughs> well, uh, is it time to rate it? Let's rate it. Okay. Um, I am obviously going to give this top of the top 10 out of 10 Viras. Yeah. This is my favorite episode. I will watch this over and over and over again, and it still brings the feels. It still holds up. The jokes still make me laugh. Like, <laughs> you and I and Ryan were cackling at, yeah. at something we can't remember now, but it's yeah. just like, <laughs> it's, it's still funny, and yeah. it's still heartbreaking, and it fills in the gaps of the curiosity of like how did the crew how did all these people get together and why do they have these connections this really um satisfies a lot of requirements for me nice i'm also a 10 out of 10 yeah absolutely there's something there's something ethereal about firefly to me Mm -hmm. there's something that is so wonderful about firefly and this episode encapsulates it the most mm-hmm. of all the episodes to yeah, me. It's the and, most Firefly. <laughs> yeah, it makes it my favorite. Like, yeah, yeah you could watch this episode only and mm-hmm. see no other Firefly and have a complete experience yeah. because it's so incredibly well-crafted. And the way that I like to experience story, mm-hmm. you know, like show, show, don't tell, like give me pieces and let me piece them together. Yeah. Like the, the message of this story is sort of between the details. A lot of the beauty was in, um, what you read out of the, yeah, the scene. Totally. Mm. Yeah. And it's just such a cathartic experience. Every time. Every time. <laughs> and I got teary eyed again mm-hmm. today, watching it again. And I mean, it doesn't matter how many times you've seen it. It's just, yeah really 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 well made and so good it's a 10 out of 10 for sure absolutely no yeah. no doubt and next we have ariel right ariel. although we've been wrong about this in the past I, you know no matter how many times i've seen firefly and i'm like oh yeah, yeah i know all the things the episode order i'm <laughs> still like oh yeah i've got it i definitely know what's next or what came previously and it's still i, I still i'm pretty sure the ariel comes next that feels right to me and yeah. i think trash is after that or pretty soon after that there's another one that I really love. And then there's that one where they go to the planet. Um, <laughs> That's so there's uh, Heart of Gold, which is where they go to the um, defend the brothel, basically. Right, right, right. The frozen dinner pack brothel. There's The Message. The Message. Which, which is, is my least favorite episode. Yeah, uh, for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. But I think... They filmed some of their very last stuff on that one. They did. The very last the, shot. Yeah. Yeah. I've um, read that. Yeah. Um, the music was particularly heart-wrenching there because I was yeah. like, well, this is it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we got some really good Firefly coming up still. Yeah. I can't wait. And we're going to get there. It's going to be good. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you, Jane. Oh. Oh. Uh, we didn't talk about any space news. I don't have a specific article or anything. Ooh. But um, have you talked about Beetlejuice with anyone yet? I haven't. Okay. Do you want to do that? Because I don't, I don't have specific uh, links or anything, but you, you can probably Well, let's add do that. it. Let's, uh, let's wrap this episode up and we okay. can... I would love to have you on the space news. I'd yeah. love that. Let's do it. Okay. Um, okay. Well, that's it for Firefly today. We're going to hang out more and record more and you'll hear that on a probably different episode. All right. <laughs> See you later, space nerds. <laughs> but yes, thank you for being here. Until next time, stay nerdy out there.
Space Nerds is listener-funded through Patreon. To support the show and gain access to bonus content, sign up at patreon.com slash spacenerdspodcast. If you love this show, help us spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform or leaving us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can find our show. If you have a question or comment you'd like the Space Nerds to discuss in the next episode, email us at spacenerdspodcast at gmail.com. To browse our complete library of episodes or check out my sci-fi synth-pop music and music videos, visit my website at jessemercury.com. Keep it spacey, baby!